0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode—episode episode 324 of the Saturn Studs Podcast. I'm Kurt, joined this week only by my um attention-deficient co-host,
1: my original co-host. Yeah,
0: I guess. I was trying. Yeah. I try to connect it to the movie, and um, the only thing I can think of when I think of this movie is uh, attention it was deficit. A failure. Yeah, it was I. A f- I mean, I could have gone that route, but I have to see you, and I, I'm kind of depending on you at oh, work. Oh, I meant
1: the. I meant the joke was it just it didn't connect. Right. Didn't, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess yeah. Dive, in the spirit there, much like the movie didn't jive spoilers i do feel like we uh
0: we stuck the landing quite a bit better than the movie though
1: yeah yeah i mean
0: it's what happens when you actually have talent
1: yeah taika what are you gonna do uh you can't compete with us in this episode of the cast this episode of the cast is the episode of the cast which is the tj davis shout out episode of the cast TJ appreciation TJ Davis appreciation week um for those of that you that sound is not Phyllis,
0: me googling TJ Davis
1: <laughs> for those of you philistines not uh, in the know enough to understand TJ Davis was the singer on the best soundtrack of all time the most 90s soundtrack Sonic of R. all time Kurt, <laughs> that's right baby <laughs> she's the one going whoa <laughs> She's she's hitting those classic like '90s like soul riffs um, over over your little polygonal Sonic uh, running around. Side note: the uh, the composer for the soundtrack, Richard Jakes, um, also did like half of the he did a bunch of tracks on Mass Effect. Oh. He went on to work on Mass Effect soundtrack. Cool, track. yeah.
0: Mass Effect had a pretty and, good soundtrack. And
1: um, eventually, just scored the entirety of that new that uh, it's not new at this point, but it's it's pretty new. The Guardians of the Galaxy, ah, right, game. yes. Which I uh... and you may also remember him from, uh, I think, Jet Set Radio. Miller Ball Breakers. I think he was that was him, or is it was that David Soul? That was De- David Soul. I think
0: that's Jet Grind Radio. I don't think that's on. Yes. GSRF. I said it without the future. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm old school, yeah. it'll be jet grind radio to me.
1: <laughs> the Jagur. Yeah. Um. um yeah, no, that's uh that's what episode is. And we yeah, we're having this TJ Davis appreciation week <laughs> coming live from a tour boat uh from a theme park ride. Is it in New Asgard? Is it in Disneyland? What's the difference?
0: It's uh it's
1: uh not not that big. Certainly
0: What's not going to be a uh new area opening at California Adventure no. next summer.
1: Smell hear that smell in the air. It smells like old spice product
0: placement. <laughs> <laughs> uh we will have Third. things to say about have words. the most recent Thor Thor film. Um Thor four
1: but we have um we have other business to watch to to attend to listen listen i got a tray for you i'm gonna watch it yeah. with the worst accent i've ever done what is this accent i mean I don't it's know. it just all comes back they to trump me, to i you. don't know
0: but yeah this, so is, this is this is definitely the start of of tray watch in record time i don't think we've ever started Trey watch this quickly into a program before
1: I'm on a tear today, um I we're recording this with with the sun high in the sky. I've barely eaten breakfast.
0: Peter does not want um, to be here long. He is sick of me.
1: <laughs> it's Friday. I have to I have places to be the place being the couch <laughs> the other room um,
0: uh, yeah, so big, just, big slate of trailers this done. week. I am a little disappointed that. Uh, Jake isn't on the show this week, which, uh, was totally planned. He totally gave us heads up about that. Um,
2: yeah, totally.
0: The, uh, the new Dungeons and, well, I guess the Dungeons and Dragon Honor Among the Thieves know. trailer dropped. I kind of wanted to get his take on it. Um, cause but, it might, I mean, it might be different. Say, if
1: you don't show up to the event, you don't get the loot. That's true. I think that's D&D rules.
0: Um, I'd like to get the take of someone who's a little more familiar with Dungeons and Dragons than I am, because uh, my my root brain thinks that this looks pretty good.
1: Right. It it looks like it's it's not trying. I don't know. Like I think D anD D has kind of finally found its mainstream appeal. Like people say, people are in these comments. They're saying that, like, oh, D&D is finally, like, it's finally broken into the mainstream. It's finally popular. Like, people know about D&D. Like, you say that, like, um, Fox Machina wasn't a fucking prime produced show that came from uh, Critical Role, which was, like, a years running, like, national, nationally acclaimed Well, that's still kind podcast. of,
0: like, niche. The podcast market is inherently niche. Like, I mean, I'm sure you've told someone that you do a podcast and they've stared at you like you have two heads.
1: Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you say critical role in a room of like 20 people, you're going to have like at least two or three that are just going to be like, oh, yeah, no, I, I, I know critical role. Yeah, sure. Um, which, which I would count as being well known. I mean, the, the fact that they've gotten to this point, like D&D just decided to make a movie like so if you didn't know about um any of that other stuff or the critical role stuff you like you might think this is kind of coming out of nowhere
0: well i mean they've done a D movie before um that, yes, it, they it didn't go well yes, they but it was a major like, well, studio Iron release
1: you're you the loot in that trash pile.
0: Um. But even if you were to strip away the uh, Dungeons and Dragons branding, this looks like a a fun fantasy adventure film. Um, it's got favorite on the show here, Chris Pine in the lead. Uh, this was a good week for Chris Pine; he's getting work, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this uh, this looked pretty good. I the one concern I have is um, in the trailer they they show a bunch of you know recognizable D&D things. Gelatinous Cube, Mimic, uh, a dragon, obviously. Black uh, dragon. Yeah. Um, and a few other uh, things of that sort. Um, if they just work... if It's uh, bear also. Um, mm-hmm. It all comes down to kind of how they work them in there. If they work them in there to be references, and it's not like organic in the story, I think it's really going to hurt the movie. Um, yeah, But I, for Maybe some just, reason, I have a fair degree of confidence that it's not going to be like, uh, oh, look at this thing. You recognize this thing and that it's in the story because it makes story sense for it to be in the story at that spot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. it. I feel like if anything's gonna... If any popular culture property is gonna have... Uh, narrative-staying power really kind of should be D&D. Like, <laughs> it just seems it seems natural to me that, like, because D&D is a narrative-based game, um, you would think that if they're doing it right, it should have a pretty good narrative.
0: Well, D&D really is just a setting. Like, I mean, there have been some officially published campaigns, but for the most part, it's just a, a tool set and a, a setting. To create your own stories. Tell a story. Yes, I mean, yeah, the game centers around storytelling, but it's very open in in the kind of story you can tell, which is why this movie looks nothing like the two thousand movie.
1: Um, people are commenting like, "Yeah, this feels, this has the feel of a D and D session."
0: Yeah, the other thing that kind of uh, bugged me about the trailer. Which gives me a little pause about the movie. I don't know why you your comment there trigger that in my head. But the uh the song they selected for the trailer, um, doesn't fit oh yeah, which the one uh, I don't I don't know what song it is, but it's very modern. And I hope that the movie is scored a little more appropriately and it's not, you know, paramount digging in through their uh library of music licenses to fill out the score.
1: Yeah, I mean I could see them doing like one montage. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing it. it's like um so I think it's like maybe a Guns N' Roses.
0: No, it's definitely not Guns N'
1: Roses. Not or or A C D C
0: Um I don't I don't
1: think you know, it's, th- that either. it's one of those bands, you know, Sticks, Guns N' Roses, <laughs> Kansas, A C D C I can do it with other generations, Kurt. It doesn't just have to be the nineties. I'm,
0: I'm well aware of your ability not to know musical acts. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is the man who shouted out <laughs> an obscure queen of Eurobeat singer at the top of this program, but I
1: just I live in a different part of this musical world.
0: That's that's probably the truest thing you've ever said. Uh, but,
1: um, yeah, this is, this is shaped. I could, I could watch this movie. This looks like, and this is a trailer. That's a good trailer.
0: Yes. I have no idea like what the plot of the movie. Well, I have a general idea what the plot of the movie is going to be, but I don't know all the story beats.
1: (laughs) It's the story beats. Uh, if you want to know a trailer that has all the story beats in it, look no further than, uh, Gigi and Nate,
0: yeah, the, um, the two
1: and a half minute Hallmark movie, world he, record setter. Yeah,
0: it uh, definitely has all the hallmarks of a greeting card company produced film.
1: Kids, it's kids. It's not. This is not good. No, tra- this is this is turned me off of the movie. This is
0: content um, for the sake of uh, content. I don't yeah. know so, if. Um, there's no way they're releasing this in theaters. I refuse to believe no. it.
1: I I can't believe like roadside attractions, which I don't know what they're. Um,
0: they could just be an indie.
1: Yeah, I feel like I've heard that name before, and it's not been on great
0: movies. I mean, I've heard of Roadside Attractions before because there's you know signs for them along the highway
1: system. Uh, <laughs> feature featuring jim belushi
0: Ooh boy <laughs> when jim Belushi's your star power in the year 2022 you uh you're in for it that's
1: how you know um like yeah so the, all right so this movie i can we'll just tell you the whole movie because they tell us the whole movie um nate he gets he he takes a bad tumble off a rock and he gets um, he gets hurt and he's paralyzed and they get him a therapy monkey, which as is apparently controversial. I don't know why a therapy monkey is like it's just kind of because it's kind monkey. of illegal it works, it works. to have
0: a monkey as a pet in much of the country.
1: Yeah, um, this monkey though, it's got the heart of an angel, and the face. Straight from the Uncanny Valley. Um, I'm surprised it just doesn't, like, do his, his PT for him. Because well, it's just like, it's just a little tiny actor that, that looks like a CG monkey.
0: In in fairness, um, a lot of other primates just exist in the Uncanny Valley. Because uh, they are so eerily similar to humans, but so creepily far from humans.
1: Unfortunately, um, they can't. They cannot hide in the Uncanny Valley because I can see the lines on the CG where it's been. It's been badly put in.
0: Well, um, I'm, I'm not surprised considering you know they probably had twenty bucks to make this movie.
1: Yeah, about twenty bucks total. Um, you know how you know how some movies they advertise like this Christmas. This Valentine's Day. This Halloween. Well, Gigi and Nate, they, they went the different route. They're they're treading the unclaimed ground. They're going this Labor Day catch the Yeah, the
0: September second. Only in theaters. Only in There's theaters There's no fucking way. This has got to be some sort of money laundering scheme. There's no way that they think this movie's going to make a return in theaters in September up against literally anything else.
1: Anything, yeah. This is n- I like when they, when they when you made the conflict of your movie like it's the lady who doesn't like the monkey. She wants to get rid of the monkey. Um, it's just not a, it's just not compelling. You haven't sucked me in. This is not a story that I, I need to be told. This is a head, this is a factoid in an article that I read and go, oh, hey, there's a dude who had a therapy monkey once. Okay. Oh, hey, I grow 14,000 follicles on my knuckle every hour. Okay. <laughs> oh. The capital of man Oh, cool. See, that third one's actually true, though.
0: What was that one again?
1: <laughs> right, right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Delicious. What I thought you said. Mm. <laughs> 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 uh, G-, G G and Nate.
0: <laughs> yep. Um,
1: uh, G-, G and Nate. Don't. So the moral of the story is, like, I, I here's the ending. Even though it's a two minute trailer, watch. They overcome the adversity. The kid learns to, like, live with his disability or not, and he gets the girl, maybe. Um, Happy ending. So inspirational. Uh, Angel monkey. Jesus healer monkey. Praise God.
0: Yeah, if only this movie had religious undertones, that would really seal it. Um, it. Jeez, where do we go from that?
1: um we laugh with the funny pages
0: um i think this movie looks really good
1: this this movie could it could be right there this is this has the right This has the tone i'm looking for This has the this has the cameras i'm looking this for
0: this is the yeah so first off let's let's paint a little picture here uh this movie i i have to assume is shot with Cameras from the 90s, um, or the I late have, 80s, because yeah. uh, it is because
1: it has that feel. It
0: has that exact look, and I don't think that's a look you can necessarily recreate okay. digitally.
1: <laughs> it's a look you can't practice with this
0: level of accuracy and reproduction. Um,
1: and if it is, hats off to those yeah. VFX artists. I,
0: although I do feel out. that it would be far less expensive just simply. <laughs> <laughs> Purchase equipment yes, just from the the era, but uh, this is a rare in this day and age coming of age story that does not star a young girl. Um, in fact, stars a a young man who wants to drop out of high school to pursue a career in comics, not like Marvel DC, uh, like the funny pages. Hence the name, funny pages. The funny pages. And by happenstance, he meets a uh
1: guy from image comics. A guy from
0: image comics and he wants a, a lesson and they uh they get up to all sorts of hijinks and it's a uh
1: it's they they are the the nerdy quirky guys but not but but in a but in an actually funny way in a well-written way yeah um where they're not they're they're not a I don't know I, I say like oh they're not afraid to to really kind of be super dorky but like there are a lot of people who try to be it's it's not fear that's the issue of play here it's a real understanding of of what makes a total a total dork
0: yeah so apparently like, this is a directorial debut for owen klein here um august 26th release date i i'm i'm looking forward to it i think this is gonna be another hit for a24 who's had a very good year this year
1: I'm only say so now. I'm only saying this, um, because uh, we saw it two weeks ago, but uh, we saw Best in Show a couple weeks ago. One of the best films of the late eighties, nineties.
0: The film came out in two thousand.
1: Two thousand. <laughs> Excellent.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shit. Um. But this is this is. It's serving maybe a little bit of that energy.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm it sure does. It. The characters, I think, the characters have an authenticity to them, in the same way that the characters in *Best in Show* had an authenticity to them, where you you believe that these were like real people in, in a real situation.
1: Yeah, and when you have characters like this, you can just put them anywhere, and you can make it work.
0: Yeah, you can let their charisma carry the scene. Yep. Um
1: so yes I agree this is going to be this is going to be good. Yeah. Um I hope so. I, I yeah,
0: I hope hope, hope to not be disappointed. And I I want to point out that uh A24 has been having a really good year this year and they have kind of strayed from what has been their bread and butter with the kind of, you know, more psychological thriller horror-y stuff, they're really branching out into a bunch of different genres and they have Dabbled in other genres before, you know, they put out Green Knight and they mm-hmm. put out um Disaster Artist and things. Well, that
1: was still, was that this? This was that was last year, yeah. Right? That was last year, okay. um,
0: but was that, was like, like a... other than was it XA24? I think it may have been, but other than I think so, X, like they haven't really uh plumbed into the uh the horror uh thriller genre as much as you usually see them. So I wonder if yeah, that
1: this... recently I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> did we did we not go see the Lighthouse together?" And I I got which way you were saying it. Yeah. I was like, "Okay."
0: Well, lighthouse, like you could argue, was a psychological horror film.
1: That's true.
0: Um,
1: um, but this, yeah,
0: I wonder fun. if I wonder if the fun. success that they've had this year, um, is going to signal a shift in the type of projects they pick up moving forward.
1: I. Yeah, I wonder if there's also any been like internal changes within the studio that have like they have a dream team going.
0: Yeah, a new executive or something like that.
1: Who knows? Um, what we got next,
0: Kurt? Um, let's go with uh, not okay.
1: Not okay. Um, yeah this this trailer is not okay. Um. Yeah, this is this is certainly a trailer. It's gonna be it's gonna be a movie. Um, I I don't have any. I don't think I've
0: seen anything she's been in before. But uh, Zoe, uh, Dutch, Deutsch, yeah, the lead actress. Zoe um, I think she's good. Um, she seems to be very likable and and charismatic. Um, the plot of the movie is. Interesting. Um mm-hmm. the the lead girl it wants has aspirations of being a writer and uh noteworthy for literally any reason. She goes to Paris, she meets this Instagram guy comes. um she becomes in embroiled in controversy after a terror attack. I don't know if she's a suspect in the terror attack or they're like, Whoa. Oh, you're your brave survivor I think-
1: I think that's the angle they're playing like that she's like this um you know she was just a person who was supposedly there during the attack uh so and she came home safe right so she gets to be the face of this of the tragedy right and but now she's a liar so how are they going to how are they going to reconcile the situation um this this feels to me like it's uh well it, it could be could be pretty good, but this is all right. So, this is a searchlight pictures
0: production.
1: Um, so I was gonna say, like, this feels like, um, someone had this is a really good premise, yeah. This is like it's an of,
0: interesting, yeah, it is searchlight pictures. Uh, it's an interesting pre- premise for sure, and it definitely has potential to be pretty good and touch on a lot of, uh, Things that are relevant to our current culture, like influencer culture and and things of that nature, um. Mm-hmm. But it's got to stick the landing and actually, you know, say something. Yes. And I don't know that. And I don't
1: know. It's gonna do which that. way? It's gonna kind of break. I don't like. I feel like this. It's kind of a light comedy, light drama. Uh, yeah, I, I, I,
0: um, I would say it's probably gonna fall in the the dramedy spectrum. Um it will be on Hulu next Friday. So um you won't have to invest much to see it. So it's got that going for it.
1: (laughs) Which is nice. Yeah.
0: Um all right I d the the fucking I brought that up that's in my head now. Like dislike ratio on this trailer is uh bizarrely bad uh 950 up to 798 down i i don't know why
1: (laughs) i can't and the the comments aren't saying anything about the comments
0: seem pretty positive for the most part
1: all right weird maybe there's like maybe someone caught some group caught wind of it said controversy. We must controversy size, I guess. Um,
0: I don't, I don't know what um, to tell you. Just like, I don't know what to tell you about, uh, they, them trailer. Um, thank God they ditched the split screen effect from the, uh, people said the teaser
1: bad. Do not just make this a regular, uh, thriller story on Un- Blumhouse just do it
0: unfortunately um, I think uh, well I don't know if it's really unfortunately but this trailer leaves you less sure of what's going on than the teaser did but it does show a little more of the uh, performances and Kevin Bacon is bringing it as as per usual Mm-hmm.
1: Um yeah, he just got he's got he's doing this right off of his performance on the Black Phone.
0: He was in the Black Phone,
1: which I guess he was he did pretty good in.
0: Well, he Huh? I didn't realize he was in the Black Phone.
1: Yeah, he's the he's the dude in the mask. Oh, I
0: thought that was Ethan Hawke.
1: Oh shit. Okay, I thought this guy was uh, Kevin Bacon. Fuck me. <laughs> About this is why I'm doing this now before the sun sets, and I just my brain turns into fucking pumpkins again.
0: I I mean, let me make sure. No, that...
1: yeah, Ethan Hawke was in the Black Phone. Kevin Bacon is in this movie. Yes, Kevin Bacon is not Ethan Hawke. That's where I was wrong. Correct.
0: Yeah. He... <laughs> Do you want to hear Ethan Hawke's character name in Black Phone? Sure. The Grabber. Oh. he escaped AU's campus. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, Kevin Bacon bringing it as per usual. Um they built some curiosity. I still don't think that this movie is going to be very good.
1: Yeah. Um now that I understand like that this is a, it's not like uh, an LGBTQ support camp, it's a, it's a conversion camp. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: that was the, the um, promise from the get.
1: I thought it was just like, see, it made more sense to me if it was like a support camp, but like secretly it's insidious. Other than like, oh, it's already like this kind of oppressive environment. But on top of that, there's just a killer there also.
0: Yeah, but like when when Jake brought this up on the Wikipedia, it said set at a, a conversion camp or like a pray away the gay camp right in the synopses. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, like it's it's a bold, I guess, decision to make this movie with this premise. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're I trying know. to uh, hook in. LGBTQ audience or hook in anti-LGBTQ audience or maybe they're trying to play both sides so try- they can come out on top either way
1: <laughs> yeah that seems about Blumhouse's speed because I could see people reading this as like oh there it, the the bias it's the bias against the conversion camps it's like well yeah probably
0: but uh, it's a Peacock original so, mm, boy, they don't have to worry about the theatrical performance. Yeah,
1: won't have to worry about them breaking. Okay, well, with John, uh,
0: the obvious setup boy, there yeah. was for the the monsters trailer because that appears to be going straight to video. So <laughs> oh, they will also right, let's do the mon- yeah, let's do They the will. They also won't have to worry about the theatrical performance. Um it looks slightly better than the first trailer or I mean like mm-hmm. the the trailer's undeniably better. Um yes. The movie still looks quite iffy.
2: Mhm.
1: Yeah, it still has it it's not it's not uh revealing anything that we didn't that you know that would have been covered up by a bad trailer. Like, yeah. I understand what this movie, I think I understand what this movie is production wise and like quality wise. Um, yeah. I guess it's just, I, I'm seeing that, you know, they could, there's, they're not totally um, bereft of, of a production value.
0: In so studio. I, I mean, one of the reasons I was interested in this movie from the outset, in addition to just liking the monsters, is that I know Rob Zombie was a fan of the Monsters in his youth, because he named his most famous song Dragula after the car mm-hmm. in the monsters. So I, I figured he'd he'd kind of an odd choice, but maybe not necessarily a poor choice to helm this movie and i don't i think he himself out of his pocket purchased the film rights and he may have it wouldn't surprise me. also financed it himself um because i don't remember ever seeing uh, a studio backing onto it here but i'm gonna look it up uh now
1: But again, um, to reiterate, this is coming out now on Blu-ray DVD. Yes. Not theatrical release.
0: The film will also be streaming on Netflix at a date still to be determined. Yeah. And I could have sworn, like, there was no mention of it going straight to video in the first trailer. So part of me feels like they made the decision to pivot strategy after the reception of the first trailer.
1: Which is not a bad thing to do.
0: Yeah, I don't...
1: Follow the, follow the path that Sonic has laid out before you. Pay well, attention to that audience That would that be listening reception. to your audience.
0: Um, based on 19... All right, can I see who the fuck... Um, Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. Okay, so it, it does have studio backing from Universal, which I believe are the rights holders to the monsters currently. Yeah, it's on Peacock, so they would have to be. Even though I'm fairly certain the show originally aired on CBS, so somewhere along the line paramount let those rights lapse um but yeah straight to video i can't remember the last time i saw a like this trailer feels like a relic of a bygone era because it had a voiceover at the end and it had Mm -hmm. like the fucking coming soon to home video thing that used to be in front of we were were
1: joking on earlier yeah um um it's kinda it's it's kinda nostalgic in that yeah, sense, it, you a little of the old warm fuzzies. It
0: does it does it hits it hits different for nineties kids. Uh you zoomers will never know the joy of popping in a VHS tape and and having like twenty minutes <laughs> of coming soon to <laughs> a theater near you. Yeah. Years in advance of the movie actually coming out in theaters or coming soon to home video for a movie that had been out of theaters for five years and you couldn't just watch it immediately.
1: Don LaFontaine blasting it at 300 decibels when you wanted to pop in a movie to watch at like 11 at night by yourself. Coming soon. DVD. See, I have the I have the rare ones. You have to find the the uncommon rare ones where it was during the VHS DVD hybrid era, right? Where you had both releases, but they wanted to hype up the DVD so you could get the trailer. uh, for the the trailers on the movie were for coming soon to DVD. Yeah.
0: So VHS and DVD overlapped roughly from ninety nine to o two um maybe 03 cuz i think I think you could get the third harry potter movie on vhs Probably. i'm i mean i'm sure they hung around for a long time after dvd kind of like mm-hmm. got the majority market share
1: yeah um i remember like my my tre- my little treasure from that time is the vhs uh, plastic casing copy of um, Ice Age. It's that, and my copy of um, taken from the rental store and never returned, <laughs> so it has that nice, the really sharp
0: orange sticker like on it.
1: Slice the slicingly sharp plastic cover over. Oh, it right, to like yeah. Squeeze it and like kind of yank the yank the tape out. Uh, I have a copy of MST Three K's spoof of Mitchell. Otherwise known as the last episode of the Joel Hodgson series, the, the run. It's also a personal favorite. I think
0: my uh, prized possession? Do I even? Okay, it's it's on the other side of the basement, but I do have the original VHS release of the uncut version of Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. Ooh! Um, I also have okay. the 1997 Star Wars Special Edition. Re-releases, which include a intro from George Lucas and Company. Uh, it's fun to go back and watch George Lucas explain why he had to ruin his movies. Um, but
1: that's- and we still have, my, my parents still have their VHS, they have now a combo VHS DVD player so that I can put in their Lawrence of Arabia tapes. <laughs> My dad wants to spend a whole Sunday afternoon watching a movie from the twenties. Well,
0: Once of Arabia isn't Whatever. that long; it's like three hours and forty minutes, I think.
1: It's enough to come on two VHS. Oh yeah,
0: you knew it was That's serious, right, Titanic
1: fans. You remember that one?
0: Titanic, um, Godfather, parts two and three, maybe part one, but I don't. I don't know that for sure. Um, those are some of the double VHS movies that I can remember, which. I never understood why they needed two VHS tapes for it because you could go down to the drugstore and buy a six hour VHS tape to record your Saturday morning cartoons. And there was no problem. Surely the movie studios had access to this technology.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. I got to st- see. I got to pause before we go down the VHS recording rabbit hole. Because uh, we were at the age, we were at the age where you recorded your Saturday morning cartoons on the VHS. And it was good because, all right, I'm going down this hole, so I'll just, I'll just finish my little, my little womp and just come back. Um, it was great because, you know, being children before the internet, uh, you couldn't avoid commercials. Yeah, that's fucking right. You couldn't just get a YouTube Premium subscription. It was called cable, and then you still had commercials later on. Um, so when you had your pre-recorded like block of of like nineties Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon um, and Static Shock, because those were all aired at the same time Mucha Lucha. WB had to they were rerunning. Yeah, Mucha Lucha. That's a fo- and there is always two episodes each, so you could go for like a, they're all an hour blocks, and you could skip every commercial in there, and you could watch those four hours of television without commercials. That's the closest we got to binge watching, yeah. Other than like watching all the Star Wars movies back to <laughs> back, but even then, you had to go and you had to change out tapes for that. That's a different. That's a different feel. Yeah, uh,
0: this was this was the binge watching of our era. These these children, I just don't know what it's like. Um, yeah. Well, circling back the trailers, we have Breaking, yes. uh, which stars Bald John Boyega. Um, John Baldega He's trying to get a tent. He's robbing, holding hostages at a bank uh, with a bomb, trying to get justice for for something. I didn't didn't quite pick up on what something happened to his family i i suppose
1: well all right so this is based on the story i'm reading the uh, the i'm now reading a commenter posting the the true story okay i'm
0: reading the synopsis in the trailer
1: so uh it's based on the story of a veteran they have to say the name i don't need to say the name um uh, an iraq war veteran who who had been living off disability um, but they just weren't getting enough because it been being deducted it being you know uh taken everywhere he was uh financially really in trouble and had PS- ptsd um so everything's just kind of he's having a rough time the system's giving him a rough go of it um so he held the employees of wells fargo bank hostage um without any intention to kill anyone just to Get his one, get his eight hundred dollar, his nine hundred dollar paycheck for, um, for the month, so he could have something. Um, so he was, he was, he was a very, I guess he was a very personable and nice, but um, he was holding them hostage, so they had to, um, ooh, all right, I'm not gonna spoil that. I'm not gonna spoil how it ends, <laughs> even though you could probably just read about it. Um
0: yeah um, it ends the way that most of these end, yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh it's a movie subject that has been done before and has worked mm-hmm. so i I see that this movie probably will also work. It's got Jeffrey Donovan in it, so that's always a mark in its favor.
1: Yeah, who is Jeffrey Donovan playing? I don't think as? I
0: saw him even even in Kevin the trailer, um, okay. But he's on the cast list, so I would, I would, my guess would be he is either a banker or one of the police officers, or maybe a uh, VA official.
1: Hmm. As long as he's in a tight fitting suit, yeah. Walking around, going, what's the situation? As long as he describes, we need to get a eyes plan, on Yeah.
0: If he's the guy who like draws need... up the uh the SWAT team strike.
1: Yes, exactly. That's that's, that's it. Just,
0: that's what you need him for. Just
1: every day, just give me give me Jeffrey Donovan in high pressure uh managerial positions. Like I want him to be I want him to be the manager of a Walmart during Christmas.
0: <laughs> All right, listen up. Like, I Here's the him. plan. Christmas is our busiest time of year. <laughs>
1: christmas yeah like he's got his hands over the desk he's like giving everyone their assignments you're on returns and i don't want to hear a word about the line (laughs) i know it's long but you can do it you take those presents and you give them their money back. they
0: don't pay me enough for this they don't pay any of us enough for this but we're still here aren't we
1: (laughs) and he does the eyebrow raise (laughs) I I mean, maybe
0: I've watched every episode of Bird Notice. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. Can you tell by how perfectly I can reconstruct one of these scenes?
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is so. This is your advice. Is this your advice? (laughs) Advice.
0: Take some (laughs) advice.
1: Um, to go watch Bird Notice
0: pretty good show. It's I mean, I watched like the first uh, 5 watch seasons. I the episode
1: where he's yeah. Uh the episode that is this that relates to this movie where he's got the guy in the bank in the the hostage situation. Uh that was not one of those later seasons. That was during the, yeah. the early the good seasons.
0: It, it the show doesn't get bad necessarily. It just gets weird.
1: Yes. Goes off the rails a little bit. They went a t- well. One too, one too many ads for a Prius. Yeah, uh,
0: went, went a little far in a few places. Uh, just like uh, Halloween ends, it's going a little far in a couple places. Um, will it actually end? Press X to doubt. So I doubt. I guess evil I did not die that night. Um, as no, as proclaimed by the townsfolk. But uh, worry not uh old Jamie Lee Curtis is going to do what an entire town of people were unable to do and finally Ooh, end man. Michael Myers
1: just fucking shoot him or something uh, the 60-year-old no, man advertised. still
0: terrorizing everyone
1: yeah like the angle they went for is this is the rubber match between <laughs> uh Mike Myers and um her character what's her I don't know her character. Is. Uh
0: Laurie Strode.
1: Um, Laurie Strode. Um yeah, so this is <laughs> which like when they're both when they're both uh older it's not quite as as intense although um Jamie Lee Curtis uh still a, still acting up a storm.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't I think that this is definitely going to be better reviewed than Halloween Kills. Um, The general consensus Mm -hmm. with Halloween Kills is that it was just filler to get to this point. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, because they wanted another trilogy. Yeah,
0: which doesn't make any sense because they decanonized everything but the first Halloween movie when they did Mm -hmm. the reboot. So, like, there was never a trilogy. (laughs) And I think there were like (laughs) seven or eight Halloween movies before that. So I don't know why they needed a trilogy, but they felt that they did.
1: This makes me like uh, uh, the way you describe that kind of makes me curious. Like that would be an interesting experimental type of film series where instead of one linear sequence or it's like one, two, three, you have the first movie. And then you have like five different sequels to that first movie. (laughs) That would be kind of interesting. That are all like different, but they're all like different timeline sequels, or maybe they're just different character sequels. Yeah, that's be interesting. That that would
0: be very interesting. Um, But John Carpenter's um, original idea for Halloween was like an anthology series almost, where each movie would be its own self-contained story. Uh, But he did a bunch of cocaine one night and wrote Halloween 2 for the studio. And uh, that movie happened. And then he got his wish for Halloween 3. And then that movie didn't do so well in theaters. So they brought Michael Myers back.
1: (laughs) Whoops. Fucked up there. Um, What else we got? Oh, let's talk. Since we're talking about scary stuff, let's talk about (laughs) this. This has no business. Talking about generically Halloween-themed stuff. Should not include scary. Uh, Teen Wolf, the movie.
0: All right, yeah, this one just dropped. Um...
1: This one just dropped. Um, I like the comments here just, you know what? They have their audience, and they're going to get it. Like, when I hear the comments say, can't believe how strong as a fandom we are. Our dream is literally coming true. I'm like, you know what? you have your little treasure you have your little treasure of a movie you keep good, it like in a little box and you you love it
0: yeah good good for them you don't show is it my to general us. uh consensus so i laugh that they call this teen wolf the movie um because there is a movie called teen wolf, teen wolf. uh starring yeah. michael j fox as a kid who becomes a werewolf and becomes good at basketball as a consequence of that um and. On whatever channel this show originally aired on, um,
1: yeah, this looks like this looks like a CW thing. Yeah,
0: it's 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 in that vein of like the Riverdale, uh, mm-hmm. model of
1: of show. But if cheesy thing, but acted darkly, um, yeah, this is so. This is Teen Wolf. They now they they just say Teen Wolf Cole in the movie, but it really is Teen Wolf Cole in the movie, Cole in the show, Cole in the movie, as you just yes. said here. Um. Um. Yeah. So this is. It seems like this is a the show. I, I, I and I kind of remember it being described this way too. Was just like it's just for for hunky hunky boys and and cute girls to to kiss in the rain or some shit and have like. Yeah, it's it's fan. It's got
0: pairings. the it's got the super hulakian uh, fandom vibe around it.
1: Like when they did the reveal at the end, and they're like, "Allison's back." It's just it
0: means it's literally sort of nothing to me.
1: I'm like, "It's Allison, guys. She must have been real trouble. What a what a scam."
0: But yeah, like like you said, the the people are really enthusiastic for this. Um, the show certainly has. It's fans, um, and they are all excited for this. Um, and the like-to-dislike ratio is pretty strong. Uh, 23,000 up to only 5,000 down. Um, I don't give a shit about it. Um, it doesn't look like it's something I'd enjoy. But hey, uh, Paramount Plus subscribers who are also Teen Wolf fans, Teen Wolf if you fans, if you fit... Yeah. In the middle of that Venn diagram, go nuts, enjoy it. I won't, yeah, I won't rain on see. your parade.
1: Let me see what the Teen Wolf show originally aired on.
0: I want to say it was like an MTV thing, but that doesn't seem right. It was some like teen
1: MTV. Oh, okay, correct.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that oh, that God. shows you how far that channel strayed from its original <laughs> mission statement.
1: Oh, you'll love this. Uh, it won three Saturn Awards for Best Youth-Oriented Television Series. Well, I mean... I need to see what the Saturn Awards that's are.
0: That's one of the premier science fiction awards.
1: That is true. That is correct. I, I did not know that. Um, uh, it also won 13... This Now, this may surprise you less, that it won 13 Teen Choice Awards.
0: Yeah, that checks out. A hundred percent, I believe that. But I mean, if it won some Saturn Awards, then it was pretty. I mean, that award, um, you know, best show targeted toward young adults has been won by some, some like of our favorite cartoons in the past. Um,
1: yeah. So, I sure. mean,
0: maybe it's quality. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna invest in it. <laughs>
1: People are the people are hungry for it, though.
0: Yep, just like.
1: And who am I? They're hungry like the wolf.
0: <laughs> the teen wolf.
1: The teen wolf. Spooky, spooky teen wolf. So, uh, do you? Um, what
0: do you? No, ha- I mean, maybe not in the movie, but in the show. Um, what do you handicap the odds of one of the main characters being Jewish? and having a actual werewolf bar mitzvah?
1: You know, uh, not zero. I mean... Like, with how supernatural was, like, where they could just do whatever at, at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah, werewolf bar mitzvah was totally, totally in balance. Totally kosher. You, might even you say. gotta
0: say, like, if you have the opportunity, just go for it.
1: just don't worry um darling <laughs> okay oh all right. um yeah
0: trailer two for don't worry darling uh chris pine getting more work um as is florence Pugh going back to her roots because this movie is like mm-hmm. somar, but suburbia so
1: once again yep
0: once again i am back asking for donations um directed by olivia Wilde, um she has done some noteworthy things i believe um what, what is she directed i know she was she's an actress and some things so she's directed a untitled sony slash marvel project so that's something in the uh, spider verse over there uh book smart the music video for "Dark Necessities" by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> um, another music video, and a couple of shorts. So this was this is her second film. Booksmart was reviewed pretty well. Um, it was I ended up watching it. It was not bad, but it was really no better than super bad, which was not reviewed nearly as well at the time of release i don't know if that's shifting tastes or if that's oh it's young girls directed by a woman we have to say nice things about it um it wasn't bad but it wasn't one great other. um what was she what was she acted in because i know the name from something oh she was in She she voiced gozer in ghostbusters afterlife That's an interesting credit. Um, Oh, she was on Son of Zorn, that horribly short-lived Seth MacFarlane show. Uh,
1: Oh, right. What the fuck was that? Oh, shit. It was
0: like a Thundercats, Um, He-Man animated dude living in, like, the real world of suburbia.
1: Right. Oh. Ripes, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he, I'm glad he's working on Orville. I actually, so I haven't seen past the first couple episodes. I should probably catch up on that show.
0: It's it's the best Star Trek show on television. Um, yeah. looks like she's just done a bunch of TV, but that name sounds so familiar. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got. Did I miss one?
1: Yeah, uh, because it wasn't on. Rotten tomatoes trailers. Okay. But I feel like we should All oh, right. Oh, talk
0: and actually, yeah, thank you for reminding me. Um the trailer for Lord of the Rings the Rings of Power dropped. Yes. And it uh um I don't, It so it confuses what, me. My
1: my yeah. My thoughts on it are was they took um the the pros and the the writing skill of of Tolkien and they subbed it out for generic uh fantasy one line, you know um heavy you know gravity gravitas dialogue yeah
0: um my confusion stems from the fact that Amazon paid a bunch of money for the rights to the unfinished appendices to of the Cimmerillion, which is what this is based off of why would you spend all that money on the source material if you're going to change around so many of the so much of the established lore
1: in a fran- especially in a franchise where, where the fan base is uh, everyone's lore very head.
0: passionate warheads like it, ostensibly you paid all this money for the name recognition of lord of the rings why would yeah. you go out of your way to piss off lord of the rings fans if you wanted to make A generic show with your own lore, why not just make a fantasy show and call it whatever the fuck and, you know, have it be 95% similar to Lore of the Rings? Like, I mean.
1: That's just, it's the, it's, I guess the sad, the sad, uh, maybe it's not, I wouldn't call it the truth, but it's the, what's understood by the world of marketing is that the name recognition is more powerful than anything else you could ever imagine. And it Um, may be unless until the name gets sullied by making a bad movie yeah. and then you've lost that name recognition and it's all gone down the like, Um
0: I can't say for sure that Lord of the Rings people aren't going to, you know, hate watch this or, or watch it out a morbid curiosity. But mm-hmm. I don't know who, who you're trying to play this to. I don't know what audience you're trying to reach because I don't think there's anything here that would draw in people who aren't interested in Lord of the Rings already, but there's plenty here to push away people who love Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah. I really couldn't say too much better. Yeah. Um, yeah they didn't, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it's, it's uh, there for the fans. That's that's kind of who you want to advertise,
0: and to, maybe? you know, uh, this you know in I, that same vein.
1: Talked, I don't know if we talked about this on the cast last time, or if we just talked about this at some point. Um, the when making Avatar, this is a related anecdote. Oh
0: yes, so uh, we talked when, about this in the theater before uh, the movie.
1: Okay, good, good. Then then it'll be kind of all all tied in. So when James Cameron was making Avatar, he wanted to have this whole he wanted to build his whole world cuz he he knew he was going to make these like seven sequels whether he knew he was going to make it like explicitly or not he had i'm sure he had the ideas like we're going to make i'm going to make this next star wars galaxy kind of deal um so when he was doing it he he had a uh, language expert make the conlang for the na'vi na'vi um, and he did he threw out a lot of musical bullshit kind of terms and said make your own make the navi music. Um and there's a whole video about it from from the channel Sideway that that gets right into all of it. But it, essentially he's like he went to really esteemed musicologist ethnomusicology doctorates and said make a make me a, a alien soundtrack that sounds nothing like what you've ever heard on earth. And they busted their balls and they fucking did it. And they made this groundbreaking soundtrack that would have been, like, you know, a real, like, uh, feather in anyone, any musicologist's cap, or composer's cap, for that matter. And they went to him, and they said, all right, here's the music. Cam- and Dave, uh, Dave James Cameron. Cameron. <laughs> James Dave Cameron,
0: Cameron like, is a B-movie actor. That's
1: <laughs> right. Um, and he's just like, no, nah, it sounds too weird. It sounds too alien. Uh, <laughs> can we just do orchestra? they just they just kind of like go oh oh no well i Please. mean well
0: at the end of the day they still got paid for their efforts so well not total loss that's true um, um
1: but it's that same thing uh, yeah and and then at the end of the day the people the original rights holders to the uh the unfinished appendices of the silmarillion um also got paid yeah
0: which i guess would just be what's left of tolkien's family right
1: yeah, the the token estate. Um, So, yeah, in that sense, it's just that kind of idea of, like, Hollywood just, like, just throwing money around because they don't quite know what they... They don't know what they want. Yeah, and, like... Or they do know what they want, and they're willing to take the long way to get The CG
0: there. world looks pretty good. Like, a lot of money looks like it was spent on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is just, like... A money pit for amazon so that when it loses money inevitably they can be like hey look we lost a bunch of money we don't have to pay taxes for the next 10 years or whatever
1: yeah who knows um but yeah so it's just i don't think it's gonna it's i don't think it's gonna have the magic doesn't just like uh, our last one here yeah. and i'll i'll mention this quickly just so we can move on to the next because i don't have too much to say it's uh HBO's The House of the Dragon, it's the uh, the Game of Thrones prequel. Um it's it's almost composed entirely of one-liners. Um everyone there's a weird kind of color grading thing on it. I don't know. It's like there's a filter on it almost. Um that's basically what color grading. And it is. has our favorite guy from Morbius. Is our favorite dancer oh, uh, from I was, was going to be Jared Leto as, as one of the Targaryens?
0: Yeah. Um, did you enjoy the writing of season eight? Well, it's like that, oh but only a little worse from what it looks like.
1: They're banking on the fact that these characters, uh, well, I don't know Game of Thrones. So I maybe these know. characters are <laughs> have lore behind them, but I would say I. My gut says they're banking on the fact that these characters don't have as much backstory to ruin. So you can just take the characters where you want, and no one can complain about
0: it. Oh, people will find a way.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it will all be still valid, because it doesn't matter if the... if You know, you can also be a bad writer without sullying. Someone else's um, work, yeah. Good. Yeah, you can just be a bad writer all on your own, turns out.
0: I can do bad all by myself, thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. And on that note, we follow up with how people how how did how they
0: how did how did they be doing out there? Um, domestic weekend twenty eight covering July fifteenth through the seventeenth twenty twenty two box office winner is Thor Love and Thunder forty six point six million however down a pretty harsh 67.7%. That is that is a big drop off week over week for yep. this and, movie.
1: And I I one we understand why. Having seen both of the top 2 movies <laughs> in the box office the past 2 weeks. I understand why number 2 Minions Rise of Gru is not it is it is floating. It is holding steady yeah. as, as Thor drops precipitously below. To him. date, um, Minions
0: Rise of Gru has out earned Four Love and Thunder by about thirty five million dollars. Now people will point and say, Well, Rise of Gru has been out an extra week. But Thor's dropping pretty quick. If it drops like that again, um I don't know that'll catch minions. Bad
1: news bears. <laughs> For our favorite Norseman. Well, not our favorite Norseman. We like the Norseman better. <laughs> the Norseman, yeah, that was. The Norseman, yeah.
0: A little more entertaining.
1: Uh, yeah, minions Rise grew behind it. Uh, let's see. Twenty six point eight. How much did it have? Yeah. International world worldwide five five hundred fifty million. Raking it in, kids.
0: That means we're gonna get another minions movie, probably.
1: I mean. They did,
0: they did set it up. They did, and, you know, have... Universal, I will commend them. They were very wise with when they chose to release this movie. Uh, they got it in there when there wasn't really a whole lot of other shit to see. And... Uh, yep. I guess they, they were betting that Thor, <laughs> Love, and Thunder was not going to be very good. <laughs> and that bet paid off.
1: Yeah. Um... And right below that, starting off strong, big, big start for for a Sony movie. Uh, we've got number three, Where the Crawdads Sing.
0: Yeah, this is a, a strong opening. I'm not really surprised that it opened pretty well because um, I don't know if the book came out this year, but it came out recently and it was a pretty popular book. I think it was a New York Times bestseller and all that jazz. And, um, you know, it really, really had a lot of, like, buzz about it when it, yeah, when it came out. There's
1: a popular book that comes along every once in a while. That everyone's like, oh, this is my summer reading yeah. book. Yeah,
0: and a lot of people, uh, this is like, it, it's similar to, not quite to the same extent, but it's similar to The Da Vinci Code. Like, when that book came out, Yeah, or like pray, everyone read The Fucking Da Vinci Code. And so when the movie came out there was a lot of hype about it. Yeah, you e. pray love's another good example. Um, um
1: and no other and, and there, no other examples. I'm sure others, but I'm not tuned into the the world of pop literature. Yeah.
0: That's not that's not me either. Um it seems there's quite a stark divide between general audiences and the critics where The Crawdad Sing currently sits at a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, but a 34% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, um, which is, I, I can't recall a time when I saw quite that big a discrepancy. But the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is 96%. So, a lot of a lot of fancy book, pleaser. yeah, a lot of people pre- pleaser, I guess. Um, although, as as we found out, not everyone was pleased with this movie. And to get the real scoop no. on what's going down, where the crawdats sing, we gotta go down we to where to. the crawdats don't dare venture, and that's the IMDb user review section, <laughs> um, where we will that's kick right. things off with. I'm a Jamal White. I am Jamal White. He has a 10 out of 10 review. Best movie of 2022. Whoa. Me and five guys and a thousand women enjoyed this on opening weekend. Great book makes for a great movie. A story well told, well acted, well directed, would recommend to anyone thirteen to ninety nine. If you twelve or hundred, get the fuck out that theater. Uh, great movie. I editorialized slightly. <laughs> Two out of four found that out. five guys and a thousand women enjoying the film that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I said they were some crawdads. Oh, <laughs> uh, do you want me to catch this? Um, first, uh... I I
0: can do it. I got I got. Uh, you All were right. quite pleased about yours, so I'll, I'll go with Jake's typical offering and a one out of ten. O k k y dash one gives credit. where are credit saying a one out of ten okay. submitted July twentieth of this year. Man hater, warning spoilers. Obviously, the author. Delilah Owens is a misandrist and dislikes men. She thinks it's acceptable to murder someone because they are male. This is the way society is heading. The movie itself is passable. I find it a bit hard to take that any girl would... Any guy would be interested in some marsh girl who has questionable hygiene standards. But of course she manages to attract the two hottest guys in town. One of those cliche, ugly duckling scenarios where the girl only has to remove her glasses. And hey, presto, she's exquisite. Oh, look at me. I paint pictures in the marshes and collect shells. Therefore, I'm mysterious. Give me a break. 7 out of 21 found that helpful.
1: That's fantastic.
0: I, I'm not as practiced in Alex Jones as, as Jake is. I can't do the, the Alex oh, I can't Jones, get it so quite I right.
1: Quite. <laughs> it's a globalist. Um we got we got uh, four out of ten. Four out of ten from R Riley, ninety nine forty five. Um, four out of ten where the audience barks <laughs> Warning spoilers. Uh, preposterous plot. An abandoned six year old fends for herself in the marsh. Not a single adult comes to check on her or reports her to the the authority. She grows up to become a famous illustrator. I don't think she ever went to a dentist, yet her pearly white teeth sparkle. Not to mention her shaved legs. I just kept shaking my head all throughout the movie. Kaya, the main character, needed long-term therapy for all the trauma she experienced. Both, pa- both parents abandoned her separately. <laughs> <laughs> just one at a time. We're both... It's like when you, conf- you ever confuse your rabbits like you and Kaylee, just like both run opposite ways.
0: <laughs> no, we've never done that.
1: It's like, which way do you go? Oh, oh. I guess I'm alone. <laughs> uh, with, with a few exceptions, the acting was abysmal. I already mentioned the plot. I saw the reviews before I went to this theater. So the burden falls on me for, not, for going anyway. No excuse for you. Four out of ten. Found that helpful. But it's four out of ten review. Synchronicity. Uh, yeah.
0: It's it's auspicious, I'm sure. I
1: like how he took a sentence to say that he already uh, to explain that he already explained the plot in this two paragraph review.
0: I mean, you know, you gotta he had, a, he had his template and he went a little rogue, but he had to stick to it. It's an O C D thing. Um yeah. Monberger has <laughs> a it's uh, it's M O N B-E-R-G-E-R. So I added some, some flair to it. Mon berger. A little,
1: flair, a little French cuisine.
0: Um, where the crowd at sing, 10 out of 10, what's wrong with the movie critics? Seriously. Two exc- Three exclamation marks even. Yes. yes. Wow. To this drink. movie flawlessly develops into a heart-wrenching but beautiful tale. It is a heartfelt and moving story of an unfortunate child that suffers the consequences of living in a broken family and ends up growing up by herself in the marshes of North Carolina. I can't see another actress playing this role better than newcomer British actress actress Daisy Edgar Jones. She is perfect for this role with her innocent look and tremendous acting skills. She deserves a nomination when it is award season. The cinematography is breathtaking, and it enhances the story beautifully. The people love this film, except the movie critics. People's ratings in Flickster is at 97%. Not surprised at all. This is a beautiful film that deserves seeing in the big screen. It's one of the best films in 2022. Zero out of one. Found that helpful. Amazing. <laughs> I love that both of um, those were tag spoilers, and I I, I detect no spoilers. No,
1: they, they do that where they're just like, "Oh, are you talking about the characters? Spoilers? <laughs> There's characters in this movie. Um, are they
0: clearly yeah. acting though?
1: They're clearly acting. <laughs> so Elvis wasn't anywhere in this movie. Um. So coming off the back of our Jurassic World Dominion review my the comments on that one and how everyone felt about the spinosaurus. <laughs> so, so
0: much love for time. the spinosaurus. It was so much quite frankly be, oh, what are astonishing. you
1: to watch some TV Y7 show to get your spinosaurus filled? No, you'd want to watch it. I was listening
0: to it Big I screen. was listening to the show back and like I think all three of us had a review that mentioned the spinosaurus.
1: I guess it was. I guess it was super popular. <laughs> uh, but on the back of that, here's Paul Novino's three out of ten review. Uh, where the mosquitoes aren't, now, I don't know what a crawdad singing sounds like, but I do know what a mosquito buzz is, and there wasn't a single one in this movie. If you've ever been anywhere near a marsh, you'll spend half the time smacking your neck and the other half wiping sweat away. For a story written by an environmentalist, it lacks any realism of what life in the marsh would be like. Kaya is perfectly clean throughout, perfectly attractive, and none of her appearance reads as though she's some dirty town outcast. What hair product is she using? Because her hair is perfect. The premise is also a huge pill to swallow. There is no reason for anyone to dislike her. She's polite, highly intelligent, clean, and beautiful. Even more, she's white. This is in contrast to the black family that she befriends. The intent here seems so clearly to be, hey, they understand her because she's an outcast. And yet, it just doesn't hold water. Kaya doesn't have any qualities that would make it reasonable for her to be so hated. It's the plot that demands it. This is worsened by the ending, wherein the message of her being this unjustly accused, hated little girl doesn't work. Because she is, in the end, everything the town said she is. <laughs> 7 out of 13. Pick that one most because of the mistakes. I
0: mean, you know, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> Alright, well...
1: Uh, and then, and then, lastly, finally, quickly, with with a passion, uh, we've got Genix. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, five out of ten. That's all right. This one's uh, this one could get this one. Uh, hal- five out of ten. Hallmark movie for the big screen. Uh, beautiful movie, but it felt like belonged on the Hallmark channel. The improbable story of a young girl abandoned in the marsh by her family, then blossoms into a young homely woman. Who advantages to attract two of the hottest, most eligible bachelors in the county? She somehow is able to keep up with the latest fashions, have good hygiene, and on top of that, has perfectly coiffed hair. And speaking of hair, who knew that men in the 1960s could or would get highlights? I'm talking about you, Tate. Otherwise, an enjoyable movie, but does not live up to the hype. Eight out of eleven.
0: Very interesting That's it. takes
1: everyone's everyone's dunking on this movie cuz cuz they didn't cuz they didn't make her a dirty marsh. Girl. Yeah.
0: I mean there are other criticisms, but that that seems to be a repeated one for sure. Um I don't know. This is this is a, a weird one. I don't think I've I can recently remember seeing a critic audience split that was the critics hated it and the audiences loved it to this extreme. We've seen it the other way, where the critics loved it, but the audiences hated it to an extreme. Mm-hmm. But, um,
1: what's, uh, what's, what was the split on Ghostbusters? Cause I feel like the, the dumb, dumb movie heads really liked that one. Ghostbusters 2016. Oh.
0: To be um, clear. yeah, I feel like that was. At least fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. But I I don't know for sure. I'm looking it up now. I'm just stalling for time. Mm-hmm. 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. And oh, 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. I got to believe that that was AstroTurfed all fuck. Because there's no way in hell. That that movie legitimately garnered a six point nine out of ten on IMDb.
1: Yeah. I... Look, I don't know.
0: I'm not gonna sit it here and somewhere. say it's the worst movie of all time. But it's on the short I mean, list. Physically...
1: <laughs> It did psychic it did physically it, hurt us. Like it we damaged me mentally. The I I was
0: not the same person walking out of that theater as walking in. I don't I've never been the same again.
1: Correct. Dude, I, I will never financially recover from this.
0: I didn't want to see it. Someone who may or may not be in this call uh demanded that I see it. One of one of the first times that I was ever Led astray. <laughs> um. In
1: all right, what else is the, this in
0: fourth? uh Remarkably, only down twenty point six percent. Top Gun Maverick yeah. bringing another twelve million. It is now past the first Avengers movie in terms of domestic box office.
1: They were very proud of that. I get. I mean, I would be too. But they were. They were. They were trumpeting that one from the rooftops. Well. I- Tom Cruise is bigger than any of I can't
0: remember the last time Paramount had a hit this big. When was I can't I honestly couldn't tell you the last time they had a billion dollar grossing movie.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um let's look at the top grossing Paramount movies. Yeah, Jaws is
0: probably number one
1: if you ingest for inflation.
0: Um while I was doing that. I will regale you with how Elvis came in fifth, bringing eight million dollars down twenty eight point four percent from the previous week.
1: I Yep. So I hate to burst your bubble, Kurt. Um it was I guess twenty eleven with uh Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, Transformers three made a fucking I billion. actually
0: think that was Oh wait, no! Yeah, Darker the Moon wasn't number three, wasn't it?
1: And then Age of Extinction was their other billion box office. But
0: movie. that's still eleven years ago. That's a yes. long time.
1: It is a long time. It's a decade. There, there's children who were watching Top Gun who hadn't who had never seen Transformers three, and that's probably yeah. Years. I never
0: saw Transformers three. Age, yeah, I I believe that because that was Ancient franchise, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, I love how Age of Extinction made a billion dollars. Then when we looked at the the fifth one, you were like, wait, there was a fourth one? <laughs> that was that was one of my favorites where I'm showing you. Know, here's the Transformers. Uh, I don't even remember. What it was the, like
0: last like, night or something like that.
1: Yeah, the Transformers last and night. And you're like, it's the fifth Transformers
0: uh, movie. I'm like, wait, there was a fourth Transformers?
1: <laughs> I... The only thing I remember <laughs> about that movie was that it had Dinobot in it. Except that it didn't. That was the didn't. only selling point of that movie. <laughs> they
0: were in it for like, like four at the seconds. End. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. God. I remember watching in the theater with my sisters. It was rare that we would all see a movie together. But we were all, for whatever reason, watching... Transformers Two: Revenge of the Fallen. I think that that one was, and I remember, just the wheels coming off in that third act, and me wanting to leave early. Um, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, pause.
1: Wait, does pa- did Paramount publish Iron Man? They...
0: Um, they may have been they the have Iron dis- Man, and
1: Iron Man Two on here.
0: Yeah, they might have had distribution rights at the time
1: weird, weird. well
0: i okay. mean uh i think that was pre when did i think disney bought marvel in 2009 or 2010 or or yeah. i think we were in college when disney bought marvel oh 2009 okay so yeah the first iron man i mean it makes sense they would have been put out under paramount um, and then Paramount, as part of that deal, probably had sequel rights.
1: Mm-hmm. Iron Man has been out, came out 14 years ago. Don't say
0: things like that to me, Peter. I find it very upsetting. Uh,
1: that's stinky. That's stinky poo-poo. I, that means, ne- oh, fuck, next year they're going to do like a 15th anniversary thing. I mean, if they want to re-release
0: uh, Iron Man in theaters for his 15th anniversary. I would be down you with that. What?
1: I would take that.
0: Um, Pause of Fury, Legend of Hank, opened in sixth with $6.3 million. Um, that's, uh, you got to think, well short of expectations. So uh, the box office give it and the box office take away for Paramount Pictures. <laughs>
2: um,
0: yeah, $9 million worldwide it's six million dollars in 3400 theaters it's less than two grand a theater for christ's sakes i like you got beat out in per theater take by mrs harris goes to paris
1: (laughs) paris yeah (laughs) i i think it was i think everyone had the same reaction with as i did like even though we've seen the trail i'm like oh it's it's just another CG kids movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, it went up against the powerhouse that is Rise of Guru. It fucked around and found out real quick. Uh, But it did displace the black phone with uh, the grabber. That was down 31%. Good enough for $5.3 million in its fourth week for Universal Pictures. It's brought in $117 million worldwide, so... Uh, you gotta assume that's a highly profitable movie for universal,
1: yeah, not bad
0: uh Jurassic world uh, Dominion slid three spots this week all the way down to eighth down forty point one percent and exiting nearly six hundred theaters five point one two five point one five two excuse me um it has crossed the nine hundred million dollar threshold, but this will not be a billion dollar earner. Universal, although I'm sure they'll they'll be fine with the nine hundred million dollar take.
1: Oh, they'll yeah, they'll be grumpy about it, but no one's gonna get
0: Well, fired How much does Fallen Kingdom make? Jurassic World.
1: While you're looking that up, I'm gonna, you're gonna Take care of the thing
0: quick. Fallen Kingdom.
1: Don't worry. It'll take less than 10 seconds. T- 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 okay. okay. Well,
0: I've, I've been left to fend off the dead air myself. Um, An hour and a half into the show here. I think he just had the sneeze. Um, It brought in $1.31 billion at the box office. So Jurassic World, the first one, I think, was $1.5 or $1.6. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... You're gonna have the diminishing returns each time you go to the well.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why they brought in. That's why they brought in the star power to to bolster up the numbers. Yeah.
0: For all the good that did. Uh, hot on its heels, except not really anywhere close to its heels. Uh, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris opened in ninth in just 980 theaters across the country. Uh, strangely enough,
1: Mid-size our rollout.
0: local theater was one of them, um, and it brought in 1 nine five three million dollars which i mean i don't know what i expected out of this movie (laughs) i I, yeah i feel that's pretty good like an amazon prime release right Uh, um,
1: yeah no that's probably fine yeah i don't i don't i'm
0: not sure where this released this money this movie couldn't have cost much money to make um yeah it's brought in three million dollars 3.3 million worldwide to date so it's it's enjoyed some pretty good success and it's so, one yep. limited release, uh, and rounding out the top ten, continuing its precipitous fall, um, is Lightyear, one point four million dollars down, another fifty-five percent out of seven hundred and forty theaters.
1: Two hundred and fourteen
0: million dollars. That is, that is like nothing. I mean, it's a lot of money, in but Disney like, movie, yeah, this movie, I'm sure, did not come cheap. I would, I would estimate it was at least a hundred million dollars to make this. Yeah. Um. So I, that's I. I gotta think that's
1: five weeks in, five weeks out.
0: Yeah, I gotta think that's Pixar's lowest grossing movie at the box office or At least, like, since they became established, you know?
2: Mm hmm.
1: I, yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if that turns out to be the case. Like, we, we talked about this, you know, we had a whole review about this. It was just a movie that, like, that left us with questions. Yeah. Like,
0: who's the audience? And I guess no one really figured that out because it didn't, <laughs> no one, you no one couldn't find yet. one. Um, but uh that's that's that. Let's let's move on now to gaming news. Um I accidentally paused my recording there, but we should be okay. It's only a split second. Um, don't worry about it. Right. Gaming news. We begin this week with um just a handful of stories. And we'll get on to the the feature. Tim Sweeney has announced that Epic will not ban NFT games on the Epic Game Store. Uh, Mahjang's announcement, um, that they would be taking that step was met with, uh, well, I guess Tim Sweetie was asked about it. Um, they, someone on Twitter tagged him in the tweet from uh, the Minecraft distributor. And um, he said that he didn't feel it was Epic's place to ban them, which is kind of a slimy thing to say. But it's your store, you know. If you want to have that on there, yeah, and take your thirty percent or whatever you take. I mean, that's that's your decision. I You'd think that all all your Fortnite money would would be enough where you could take that moral stand and maybe win some goodwill for your your platform.
1: But it's not all the money, Kurt. Sometimes you, you have to make tactical
0: PR decisions for the long-term benefit of your company.
1: No, that's impossible. Only a fool would <laughs> would make strategy decisions. It's not more money. Um,
0: every old TMNT game will be playable on the PC this August as part of the Cowabunga Collection, which boasts 13 retro Turtles games. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle.
1: We'll get to play Turtles yes, in time um, with more response. A couple broken
0: joysticks at the, uh, at the good old...
1: Really, I appreciate the camp. Uh, but that particular place yeah. does need to have a... Fuck, I'll, man do come in. <laughs> I'll do it. Have a, have, a, have a tech head come in. Yeah. Fucking, yeah get a, pay me 250 get a bucks and I'll do it. And like, 250 uh,
0: bucks two, and a week of free drinks. We'll call it Square. Um, fucking exactly. But uh, here we go. So Shredder's Revenge um, has been doing very well, both critically and commercially. Um, and so to capitalize on yep. this, they are releasing a package of Turtles games coming August 30th to steam. Um, it's got 13 games in it, but three of those are just different versions of the NES TMNT fighters. Um, but they're all different enough to warrant inclusion according to, uh, you know, the people releasing it. Um, um,
1: Turtles, Turtles Turbo, Super Turtles Turbo.
0: So Teenage the full Ninja list of Ninja. games is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, the arcade version. Okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES. Hopefully patched so it's actually beatable. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja so. Turtles 2, the arcade game from the NES. Uh, Turtles 3, of the Manhattan Project, the NES. Uh, tournament Fighter. NES, uh, Turtles 4, Turtles in Time for the SNES, Tournament Fighters for the SNES, uh, Hyperstone Heist for the Genesis, um, Tournament Fighters for the Genesis, Fall of the Foot Clan for the Game Boy, Back from the Sewers also for the Game Boy, and Radical Rescue, once again, a Game Boy original release. So, um, uh, let's see, do they list the price in the article? Of course they don't. PC gamers, trash journalism. But it's coming August 30th to Steam for some amount of money that I'm going to stealthily look up now. Um, You see, it's extra super...
1: In the meantime, I'll just... I'll make a quick comment on how indestructible the Turtles are as a media franchise. Um, Because they've been going strong since the 80s on really really just they're living the that 80s 90s dream of franchise rights where they just they're just kind of on everything but they're not at the at the heights of popularity where they start getting into controversial territory like i i've never heard a controversial turtles take like you know or a turtles controversy but you still get to buy you still probably still see well, kids i mean like, they keep the it fresh they put out a new turtles, the turtles cartoon race.
0: every few years it seems. There's there's one for each generation. Like there's the original one yeah. which was kind of late eighties, early nineties, and then there was the uh the more yeah, the O three, more edgy reboot that we grew up on, and then there was uh the Nickelodeon one, um, and I'm the sure there's been ones. another one since then. Um but they and then yes. you had the in between that you had that that CG indie Turtles movie that came out. And then you had the the Michael Bay abominations. Yep. Um,
1: enduring. Yeah, it's a. I guess that's the controversy is that those those were those ones came nope. out. But turtles turtles don't, don't care. give a shit. Well, turtles a bunch just of old games. Release a new fucking game. There is
0: no price listed on the Steam page, no. which is probably why they did not include it in there. I don't know.
1: I'm gonna put it.
0: No at way.
1: Seventy-five to ninety
0: for a bunch of old ROMs. I I would say at most okay. it'll be twenty-nine ninety-nine. Probably okay. fourteen ninety-nine or or nineteen
1: ninety-nine. All right. I guess I was assuming it would be bundled with shredders. I mean,
0: uh, for for a two-pack,
1: um, if it's just the collection, then yeah, I could see that for like thirty bucks. It, it'll be packaged in the nice yeah. little collection package with the, with the menus and stuff. Yeah, okay. I can, I can
0: um, yeah. Spider-Man months. Remastered for the PC has re- gotten announcement on its system requirements and some of the special features that will be coming for this remastered version. Um, it will include a new higher quality mode for ray-traced reflections. Um, so the minimum specs, which will... Target a 720p resolution and 30 frames per second, which is definitely the minimum that you would accept these days. Uh, graphics preset very low, recommending a GPU on the 950 or AMD equivalent level, which the AMD equivalent of a 950 would be a 7850, which is a real old card. Um, CPU, looking for an i3-4160 or an AMD equivalent, which would be uh, like a FX 6300. Uh, 8 gigs of RAM, Windows 10 64-bit, and 75 gigabytes of hard drive space, which is going to be a thing for all of these. I guess the game is 75 gigabytes. Um, recommended, which gets you 108060 uh, on the medium graphics preset. They're recommending a 1066 gig or a RX 580, which is, um, so, I mean, I, mid-tier from a few years ago. CPU-wise, I guess this isn't that demanding on the CPU front. They're recommending a i5-4670 or a Ryzen 5 1600, which is a much better CPU than the 4670. Um, 16 gigs of RAM, Windows 10, 75 gigabytes. Very high, which will get you 4K60 on the very high preset. They recommend a 3070 or a RX 6800 XT um, with an i5-11400 or a Ryzen 5 3600 and 16 gigs of RAM. Amazing, which is, oh, I'm sorry, amazing ray tracing. Um which is 1440p, 60, or 4K30. Uh, graphics preset high, ray tracing high, they recommend a 37 or a 6900 XT, and 11600K or a uh, 3700X in 16 gigs of RAM. And ultimate ray tracing at 4K60, they, uh, with graphics preset of high, ray tracing very high, they recommend a 3080 or a 6950 XT a 12700K or a 5900X and 32 gigabytes of RAM. So um, it can be pretty demanding, but I would say that it's a pretty reasonable 1080p um, 60 experience to be had. And I'm sure the uh, it'd be pretty easy to get 1440p 60 if, if that's where you're at because the uh, very high preset at 4K um is only asking for 3070 so that's pretty reasonable um moving on to yeah. things that we've been waiting for there was no transition there don't try to find it uh bloodlines 2 is quote in good hands but won't appeal, appear at this year's PDX con um, we recently PC Gamer recently interviewed Vampire the Masquerade 2 Bloodline, or included Vampire the Masquerade 2 Bloodlines in our list of games they can't believe are still in development. Uh, we haven't heard anything substantial about it since 2001. After all, we don't even know which studio is working on it at this point. But Frederick Wester, CEO of publisher Paradox Interactive, recently said that everything's fine. Bloodlines 2 is in development. We'll let you know more when we're ready. Wester tweeted yesterday in response to a fan inquiry. Earlier today, he pinned that tweet and added, the game is in good hands, and we look forward to showing you more when the team and the game is ready. Um, I interpret this as they changed developers because they didn't like how it was coming together at the old studio.
1: Yeah, this I mean, this kind of development cycle reeks of like... We had to tear stuff down or we stopped. So for here's a long the thing time. about Vampire
0: like, the Masquerade Bloodlines, which is the much beloved immersive sim that this is a direct sequel to. Um, the gameplay yes. is not why people remember it fondly. Um some of the mechanics are well thought out, um, and interesting, but combat, which there is a lot of, is not a great experience but the thing that makes bloodlines and a lot of immersive sims quite frankly beloved is the writing and the storytelling so i don't really care who's programming the ones and zeros cuz as long as the game around it's you know passable mm-hmm. i'm not going to care this if the story if the story's good yeah. like if the gameplay is super polished but the story shit this game's gonna get shit on
1: yeah it's it's it lives in the adventure game space and that's been a very it's been a revitalized space I feel yeah
0: like i think realize. this is the first big time immersive sim to come well i don't know if you want to count bethesda's fallout entries as immersive sims that they want to be (laughs) but they aren't no i wouldn't i think this would be the first like big time immersive sim release since (sighs) deus ex mankind divided
1: thief i don't know
0: when the latest thief came out that was
1: um I was gonna make a cruelty squad joke because I think yeah. they classify that as an immersive sim, but and this is a
0: sequel a to game. one of like the Mount Rushmore so. immersive sims, um. So it's got a lot of it's got the weight of heavy yeah. expectations on it. So I hope, hope whoever they got to write it is up to the task, and and I hope whatever studio is working on it can just put a, a functional game around it. Because really, that's all all you need to do Um,
1: that's all we're hoping for
0: and with that we will wrap up on gaming news and move on to our feature presentation yeah I did not have super heavy expectations for this movie and yet still I remain disappointed Um, I'm a little glad that I actually I do want to hear Jake's perspective on this but our resident Marvel apologist is not on the show this week, so we can fairly evaluate and criticize this movie. He's,
1: he's an optimistic man, and we're gonna. So that instead of this being a, uh, a little bit of cross-firing going on, it's going to be we get to we get to straight shoot un, unimpeded. Although I will say, I'm a little bit more mild on I this fucking movie. I fucking hate this movie. Kurt,
0: this was um, the least so, fun I've had at the movies yeah. <laughs> since Hellboy 2019, and even that movie I enjoyed more than this. Um, if I had my druthers, and we weren't reviewing it this week on the show, I would have walked out after about an hour.
1: Um. Okay, yeah, I just I don't have it in my like it was it was pretty pretty worthless. As these things go, um, I don't have it in my heart to drum up the energy to hate this movie, and that's its that's its only uh, real saving grace. There, I was just like, this can go in the pile with other stuff. Um, this, uh, I think, to me, this represents all the the piecemeal pitfalls of other Marvel movies combined into one. <laughs> it's like it's the Voltron, except. It's the holes that the <laughs> it's lions the left, left when they jump out into space. <laughs> yeah. Um Taiko so Taika Watiti yeah. is all over this. Um and I can't say like, oh, it's a shame that he's associated this with is This is his vision. Because he full stop seems very clear that he's yeah, he wanted to be front and center in this. And that's that's one part of it is that he is kind of everywhere in this. Cause he gets to be Korg uh, and Korg gets sure a, lot, fucking does. a lot of screen time in this movie. Um, you get Taika Waititi, big, big flashing letters at, in the beginning and at the end, definitely in the end credits. Um, and it is, it is definitely his style of, of filmmaking. Um, Yeah, this is Taika
0: Waititi at uh... the most self-indulgent I've seen him. They gave him a lot of money to play with and basically said, do whatever you want. Thor Ragnarok did pretty well, so we we trust you. And he went overboard with it. Uh, Taika Waititi has done some really good comedy in the past. I love what we do in the shadows. Um, we love, but yeah, yeah. But Jojo Rabbit was a, was, a was a pretty good Rabbit. movie. Uh, the humor That's in it really was movie. a little hit or miss for me, um, but he largely has the comedic sensibility of a child, and a lot of the humor in this movie was very childish. It it felt like something that I don't know a fourteen year old kid might write. Um.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's it's weird because uh, in a different context. So in the in the context of James Gunn, when the, this kind of st- when the Guardians of the Galaxy started, where they were like, let's have space be kind of like. Uh, a weird... Co- it's the comedy zone. Space is the place where you have the, the comedy, the upbeat kind of silly adventures. And Guardians was kind of uh, criticized for this too sometimes to a lesser extent, where it would have a serious moment and then undercut the tension with a joke. Um, in this the... is kind of the same way. In that the the flip between serious and silly... There's a very close proximity, and that, that, uh, yeah, in defense of
0: Guardians, um, it was very consistent in when it would undercut, and it wasn't all the time. Uh, yeah. this movie is also not all the time, but it just Taika Waititi has never been really strong when it comes to tonal consistency um it's especially clear in Jojo Rabbit mm-hmm. where you'll go from a silly sequence of the gestapo show up and you know they do the doctor joke from spies like us but with hell hitler and then <laughs> they like demand the papers and it's a very tense moment exactly. and it, it just swings the pendulum swings back and forth so fast I don't know that he has the attention span as a director to uh commit to a tone for a scene. And it, it really right from the jump, um, this yeah. problem is evident. And um
1: mm-hmm. When it's not I wouldn't even yeah. call it spoilers because it's the first scene in the movie. Um is this uh this scene where um Gore the God Butcher, who was the villain of this movie, um, and Kurt, I know you you feel that he is he's got a really strong backstory. Um, I I agree he's got a pretty good backstory as these villains go. Unfortunately, he side note he is going to be relegated yeah. to the pile of Marvel villains after this, which um, he they could have they could have redeemed they could have saved him from there. But anyways, it's this strong serious opening of his, his origin story. Yeah. Why he needs the gods.
0: So the scene um, starts out and, where he's wandering through the weird. desert and he has his young.
1: And this is, um, not, I want to yeah. say Michael Kane. So they, it's Christian Bale, well, right? Batman, wrong Batman. character. Um, it's
0: Christian Bale. so they, they, they shelled yeah. out the Christian Bale, who's a very good actor. Always, always has been. Um, and he's wandering through the desert with his young daughter and there's there's a drought all the crops have shriveled and died their society has collapsed their god has forsaken them Classic. and he god has an maintained animal. his yeah. faith throughout it all um in in hopes of the promised reward from mm-hmm. his god and you know his daughter they haven't had water in a long time she's younger and weaker and she she passes away and i'm like w- Yeah, dies in his arms. And I'm like, wow, that is a very (laughs) grim way to start this movie. Maybe a lot of the criticisms I've heard are unfounded. But um, in his despair, he hears something call to him. He follows this voice, and it leads him to this oasis in the desert where he finds his god and some nymphs yucking it up and having a good time. And he explains, you know, to his God, you know, we've we've been through hard times, but I've maintained my faith. Um, you know, mm. can I have the promise reward?
1: And the God, yeah. Just
0: goes, oh, and he's just he's one of mine. fucking oh, riffing on him Billy. in like complete di- complete juxtaposition, which
1: yeah, if I handled
0: say, a little bit yeah. better, if it weren't so cartoony would have been good. Right. Yeah. It's, a, like, it's it,
1: kind of a classic setup.
0: The idea of the scene was good.
1: It's the straight yeah. man. Well, the idea the, was
0: good from a character scene. standpoint of it shows, you know, the gods, it paints the gods as kind of unsympathetic and, and gives the audience a little bit of understanding of, you know, Gore, the God butcher, you know, kind of gives him a, a relatable motivation, but, they just went too cartoony with how much of a dick this this particular god was. Um, so it's not shocking when Gore kills him. And it's not like mm-hmm. you feel you're like, good for him. You know, you're like that dude totally deserved it, which I don't yeah. know if that's how I... you want to start off your villain.
1: Not that strong, yeah um for a better for a movie that did this better and this is going to set the bar of where this movie is at by the one I am compared to um the opening <laughs> of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy had a had a fairly similar tonal move where it's um uh, i'll say well maybe not in that specific order but i just remember like you know the kind of uh, the despair of the Earth being destroyed, and it's just the Vogons delivering that classic line about um, the the uh, plans for Earth's destruction being in Alpha Centauri. You should, yeah. It's been on plans for the last 50 years. You could have gone down to the local hi- hyperspace <laughs> uh, development board at any time and checked it out. I am, of course, absolutely butchering the quote because uh, I don't have the knack for language well, that, uh, I mean, that he do, that he did.
0: Or you can uh, do. hash out the merits of the Hitchhiker's Guide movie another time. But... but yeah. It it was... It, it really set the tone, or the lack of tone, for this movie, uh, right from Jump Street. And yeah. they... I... I don't know how many ways I can say... Um, they just didn't put a good movie together. But like, even on a on a technical level, like very little uh, this movie is does not conform well to the typical three act structure, and it doesn't do anything, and not like in an inventive way where it kind of you know messes with the established norms of filmmaking. Just in a way of, like, oh, yeah, the director couldn't hold a thought for five minutes. So this movie's all over the fucking place. And it's just a, a, a together, sequence frankly, of scenes yeah. that don't really build to anything. There's never really established stakes. I mean, they, they pay lip service to stakes, but they do nothing to, like, convey the gravity of these stakes. Like, the, the price of failure... Is never like demonstrated adequately, so you you never really worry for the characters, and right. the the tone overall is so silly, and you know the largely the the triad of heroes is never challenged in any yes. way.
1: Mm-hmm. No, n- not on either either the yeah. personal nor the superhero level, Um because they wanted to you know this is the it's the kind of storytelling that these movies are where you have the the big bombastic superhero arc and then you have the understated you know uh personal arc which is supposed to be like related mm-hmm. you know like metaphorically related to each other um thematically linked if you will um so neither of them work uh and kind of one to the detriment of the other Um, so there's, there's a lot there. Well, I'll, I'm going to do what's, I'm calling an anti-spoiler, because if you're like me, if you're like me, when you watch the trailer, then you need to see, you need to hear what we have to say before you watch the movie. Um, because, so when I saw the trailer, there's this like cute little montage of all these kind of adventures he goes on, this quick flash of a bunch of different stuff that he was doing. I'm like, oh, okay. These are going to be like. This is going to be like a big montage or it's going to be scenes in the movie. These are going to be things that I can expect to see at different points in the movie. And what it turns out is uh, these are all part of a 30 second montage that Korg narrates over while uh, it just goes by in a flash. And I'm like, oh, okay. all those really inventive set pieces and scenes, the scenery um, just kind of get brushed off so we can have this we nice, need, we need this more nice Korg. mediocre plot. Taika Waititi isn't in the movie enough.
0: A... Um, there are several uh, montages and flashbacks that cut into the movie narrated by Korg, who's voiced by Taika Waititi, and he is. He is the framing he, uh, device he's... for this movie. Certainly is. Um, much to the detriment of the movie. Um, they. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh.
1: So yeah. So. As I don't know, like I, I kind of want to get into like just spoilers in the fact that we're gonna talk about this movie, but um, like just the the cinematography is.
0: It's unexceptional. Than, the like,
1: the. I don't know. It's not inspired. The
0: CGI anymore. is. CGI really bad like
1: last gen
0: marvel tv show quality if that like i i rarely notice really bad cg like i I rarely comment on cgi because cgi generally these days is to a point where even lower budget movies can do a pretty convincing job where it doesn't take you out of the movie going experience this took me out of the movie going experience. I i have not in recent times seen such obvious indications that this was just filmed in front of a huge green screen in several locations.
1: Yeah. There's, <laughs> it's funny you say it. Cause like we were talking about locations and I've kind of come around it. Like, yeah, it's not that like all over the place, but it really, you know, it really kind of comes together. So there's there's two basic kind of, I'll, I'll call them locations, but, you know, one of them is a bunch of, one of them is the green screen, in which you portray random shit in space, anywhere, everywhere, whatever the fuck. The other one is, yeah. just happens to be a regular village that has regular buildings, um, and coincidentally doesn't need a lot of work to, to build a set for and that you also don't need to film your green screen because they never do any superhero stuff in there, except like I think maybe one scene it all just it 's all just the regular human level stuff that they do in this regular mm-hmm. human town uh, um
0: I guess before we get that. into spoilers to talk about certain plot details, which also um in addition to the fault the technical faults of this film, there are many story points that are either bad or don't make fucking sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, badly written stuff that just, Um, my don't Um, waste your time. Um, if you, if you're interested in seeing it, um, if Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness is any indication, you will have to wait at most six more weeks before it's on Disney plus, save your money, wait for it to go on Disney plus, so that way, you are inconvenienced with having to leave a location and go to a secondary location when you no longer wish to watch this movie. You can Never simply turn location. off your television or to... switch to a different app and spend your time more profitably.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, you're going to miss, like, what, two minor characters or the entire canonical uh, consequence Maybe of this movie. If you're really, if you're that kind of, if you're, if you're that kind of like lorehead about it, you're gonna miss the introduction of at two some characters point that will in, show up. At some and, point, and uh,
0: you know, movies. to that, to that, to wit, um this movie, to wit. in no way advances whatever semblance of an overarching plot for Phase 4 there is there There seems to be no direction for Phase 4 I see no plan in place, I see no end game to reach, I don't understand what they are doing with these movies and television shows but they keep fucking making them and I'm getting a little tired of them and it seems like audiences are getting a little tired of them too because this movie isn't doing so hot
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I... They're they're currently they're currently slipping down. They're and they're getting into a spiral here, and they're gonna have to pull themselves out with something strong. I really don't know if it's gonna be black. Panther I too. I really fucking I hope they figure movie. something
0: out or pull the plug while people still remember the MCU fondly. Because regardless of your opinion on their their place in in cinema as like art, you have to admit that the first you know the Infinity Saga was a very important age in the movie industry, and they accomplished something very special that will likely mm-hmm. never be replicated even by themselves
1: Yes yeah, yeah. um all right, leave, spoiler talk leave while you're ahead. all right it's spoiler time um, so worried I guess we could. You kind of work backwards and talk about those two characters. So, for those of you who yeah. are like, "Who are those two characters?" It's Hercules, and it's Star. Are we gonna call her Star Child? Gore's. Um, she have a character daughter. Comics, I'm sure.
0: I guess I don't know if she has a comic counterpart. Um, uh, all I the the reason she's in here is that a child actor costs less money than Natalie Portman. Um.
1: Yeah, this was the movie. Like that was probably one of the main things about this movie was to get the mighty Thor plot out of the way and get um, Natalie Portman out of the MCU, so she can do more as as an objective sci-fi work.
0: Why even bother? Like her exit, unceremonious as it may be, was fine. I mean, I don't know that fans were really clamoring for closure there. Um, but if they were, I don't know that they're going to be satisfied this by that adapting.
1: And it it wasn't marketed yeah, as like the, a girls the... get it done kind of thing. Even though two of the two of the leads were women and they were cast in the in in the role, it was equal. It wasn't like they weren't yeah. trying to push which any which of is that a
0: point in its favor, we'll um, especially favor. because the source material they're pulling from definitely <laughs> did not exercise that level of tact
1: yeah it was very so mighty thor is very much yes like, this is the woman's and, and all the She's villains of,
0: of that run were basically stand-ins for critics of how poorly they handled the transition um because you know you shouldn't accept criticism and use it to improve your work you should Simply just lash out at your critics and and label them as sexist. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: Draw the draw the people who made fun of you in the cartoons. That's exactly
0: what it was. Um,
1: Mature storytelling. But
0: they they adapted the Mighty Four storyline, which a bold choice to be sure. But they they handled it better than I had feared. Um but the way that she becomes the mighty Thor is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. Oh,
1: so yeah. Jane Foster it's,
0: it's has sloppy. cancer. We haven't seen this character in um, since 2013, right? That's when Thor 2 came out.
1: Since, yeah. Since Thor 2. Yeah, and the one flashback. She was in the flashback, but no,
0: she wasn't in like when they went back in time. She only appeared in flashbacks. They did not hire Natalie Portman for that. So after whatever years of negotiations they've they've done with Natalie Portman, they got her to come back with whatever promise or whatever big Brink's truck of money. Taika
1: Waititi, of course, being the prescient. Director that he is didn't realize that Natalie Portman was in Star Wars.
0: I gotta hope he was uh, fucking with that's her. Just a,
1: fun, it's just a fun, tidbit to throw in there.
0: I, I really want to believe. Yeah, after this, I'm not so with sure. this movie, but they, who knows? they bring her back just to say, oh, she has cancer. That's that's literally she's she's in awaiting. Right. They introduce her during chemotherapy, oh, her, just yeah. cutting in on.
1: Oh no no! It's even better. It's even better because it's the end of the Gore the God Killer thing and it pans down as she pans down yeah. from the top of the screen in the MRI chamber. And we're like, no. You it don't. Was, it was don't bad. Make like, that, that was the first
0: groan of many that this movie elicited to me. Peter will testify. I actually groaned several times.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You were making. You were it, making dis- this movie was noises. was
0: discomforting. Um, I was uncomfortable in this... watching it. Um so she's in chemotherapy. That's that's pretty much her introduction and then
1: right, and she does the and like side note in the scene there's a dude who
0: I think he's a like physics man, student like or something him, of her, and he's of her her reading a book she wrote.
1: Yeah. And I guess as like a joke, maybe it's like a maybe it's like a meta, like a tongue and cheek kind of thing. But it didn't didn't play out that way. She does the fucking cliche paper wormhole thing that they that every like quantum physics scientist does. We're like there are two points in space, and you join them together with the wormhole, and they stab a pencil through the folded paper. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I haven't seen this now in a in good movie. Since the, uh, the Foster
0: Theory. And anything to do with what she talked about in this physics lesson would have been relevant at the end of the movie, but...
1: Right, or relevant to her experience. Like, again, I didn't see Thor too, so I, I have to take it on a very optimistic note that she learned the Foster theory from her experiences with this space Viking. And like, oh, here's how to do... Yeah. Wormhole travel because I went through the firestorm like one that. time. You know, maybe that's yeah. But and then uh,
0: Cat Dennings is back from from WandaVision. Um, she she knows that yep. she has cancer, and I guess she's the only one who knows. And then the other physicist from Thor and the First Avengers movie is is reading her test results. I guess because I guess. He's also a physician, her physician. I don't know. Um,
1: Yeah. So, so this is like like
0: maybe 10 minutes into the movie. And I have, I've complained this much about this sort of thing. And I'm going to skip ahead here. Um, I'll I'll skip the part where Yeah. she just fucking turns to a stack of Norse mythology books and decides, oh yeah. That Mjolnir, that's the answer. So she goes the new Asgard, yeah. great health.
1: Well, because it literally said in one passage of the of the book, which is a translation, which was yeah. a reading by a scholar, you know. It says, stamina, it said, oh, it says great health. health now, stamina. they show right, the paragraph, yeah, no, this is my and it's shot. very
0: clear, because, you know, it's a movie theater. The screen's 50 feet tall. You can read more than one line of text. You can see the great health, but Taika Waititi, visionary director that he is, really wanted to hammer home the great health point, so they cut again to a close-up of just the words "great health," and then she fucks off to New Asgard, and no, no one recognizes her.
1: Where we get to see, oh my god, where we get to see this cringe-inducing. Like I on per, again, I'm again. He's like I. He tried to do it as like an on purpose thing, but he. It's it's it gone was, past that. It went past. It that. went on
0: Where too long. Just,
1: it, it hurt for real.
0: Um, um. Yeah. It's a. It's a re. It's a stage reenactment of the yeah. events of For Ragnarok, uh, featuring cameos from Matt Damon and Melissa McCarthy.
1: Damon. Yeah. Which like. Melissa McCarthy, I know we shit on her in a lot of roles, she's but... She's like, done
0: she quality work in the past. Good stuff. This but is she's, like, this is dem- Yeah, she found it easier this is like just to play to a screaming idiot in ninety percent of the movie she's in. And she's back here doing that. Uh playing uh the antagonist from, yep. from the previous film. Hell and
1: up. Yeah, this so it's a it's a theater recreation of That scene, that really nice touching scene from Thor Ragnarok, where they're saying goodbye to Odin, Loki, and Thor. So they said, he said, yeah, let's lampoon that scene.
0: Um, Uh, So after enduring that for what was probably a full three minutes, um, you see her walking behind a tool group up to the shattered remains of Mjolnir, um, which. Just kind of start vibrating when she walks near them, and then the next time we see her, she's Thor. Yeah, she just and yeah,
1: yeah. No, it 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 cuts away for for the next scene, uh, and we don't realize until it's that that that, re- that spectacular reveal. Which, and it um, wasn't
0: really all that trailing, spectacular. So... Um, in fact, any sort of like dramatic nature of it was undercut severely oh, yeah, no, because you see Mjolnir flying around and Thor in the middle of battle where, you know, the safety of the town is at stake. Uh, he stops. Take, right, cause Gore comes to draw to Thor to out take, and to take to the Thor. children as it turns out. Um, so he's fighting these shadow monsters, Thor is, and he sees Mjolnir floating around and he stops what he's doing he's... And he's like, oh, is that my hammer? And he starts following oh, around, trying whoa. to fucking talk to the... Thor talks to his weapons too fucking much in this movie.
1: Yeah. All right. So, there. yeah, there's a weird subplot that, like, that the weapons are, like, weird metaphors for, like, his girl... They're supposed to take the place, like, symbolically of, like, girlfriends in this movie, which makes it weird at the end when the kid uses, <laughs> uses Stormbreaker... <laughs> that just hit me weird on a on a on a subtextual level. I'm like, no, no, the ki- if you've been sweet talking these weapons all day, don't maybe don't let the kid, the,
0: don't, don't the kid handle it. I believe
1: the intention was please. that
0: it was a metaphor. Mjolnir was a metaphor for Jane, his relationship with Jane and how he he needed to let go of that. Yes. Um but he doesn't do that because he wields Mjolnir at the end of the movie. Which is just back together. For no reason, no explanation given, no explanation needed. But yeah, he's falling around the hammer and he traces it back to Jane, who can do this neat little party trick where she can have the hammer split in the pieces again and grape shot for 900 and fucking reconstitute itself again. No explanation given, none needed. Um, And then they just fucking do a rom-com with superheroes for the next Thirty-five minutes, and it's not particularly romantic or oh. funny.
1: Oh, so yeah, so two things. I I guess there is the explanations like since it was in pieces and it was never reformed, just kind of holding itself together through whatever magic. But why it didn't it reform before? But to highlight, what like, you said surely
0: about... Thor has been in proximity to the hammer since it got cracked. Like it, That's it's true. just one of those things that got pulled out of someone's asshole what somewhere. Else?
1: Right. And that was, and to be fair, yeah. To, to, to add to your point there, that was like the whole point of Ragnarok was that when Hela broke Mjolnir, yeah. it broke and he couldn't use but it. But we
0: saw very uh, early on how, so how highly
1: yeah, no, Mr.
0: Watiti regards Ragnarok.
1: Which is again, his own fucking, what, bro. What? You are right, man. You're right. But anyways, um, yeah. So to highlight the the uh this rom com, so directly after Gore the God Butcher steals the town's children, everyone is in a panic. Everyone is like looking for their kids. And the scene is dark, like as dark as the camera is right now. It's like late evening. The shadows are long. The the like the mood of the scene. Is like somber, almost like, and like a little bit of desperation. And then Thor's just like, "Oh, hey, it's been so long. (laughs) I haven't seen you. How's your sex life?" (laughs) If Tommy Wiseau was Thor in this movie, this could have been great. It would have made Thor sense. Um, So yeah, they have a weird, like a weird, awkward conversation about like how Thor just totally isn't over Jane um as like in this scene where it's like dark and somber and i'm like please move and they were shot. like and they were like
0: many <laughs> shot times where just from a technical film perspective it was the wrong shot like jane is explaining something to to thor and the camera's on thor listening
1: mm-hmm. pushing in on like his, on his face it's not even like in a way where it's like where it's trying to imply that, like, oh, he's not listening to what she says; he's just happy to hear her voice again, and he's just like he's off in his own world. No, it was not that; it was definitely not that. Um, and it was, it was not the only shot. one in the movie. It was just the wrong shot.
0: Um, yeah. So the 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 whole third act is is a a mess. Um, basically, the, yeah, the shadow realm.
1: They go to. They, oh, we, we haven't fucking the said it yet. Fucking it the fucking Shadow Realm. They actually
0: Realm. called it that.
1: And then they have to go fucking visit. And to visit there, they have to take a stop yeah. at Omnipotent City. <laughs> Fuck, I wish I had my pile of cans. Which, I want my pile that whole of aluminum Omnipotent cans. City
0: thing was a waste of fucking time.
1: Absolutely, it furthered the plot uh, because, none. Like I guess the point was like No, it was to introduce the lightning the lightning bolt, which they didn't even Zeus's like, lightning up. bolt. They're yeah. just like, Oh he has the lightning bolt. It's the lightning bolt. Um and then it's just treated like a normal weapon like it doesn't have a cool like I guess there's one scene which the he the like which is like, its own fucking can of worms. Right? When, yeah. When, when Thor raises his army. Um But they don't explain it. They don't hype it up, being like, you know, the only thing Thor says is like, "Oh, Zeus, he's like my favorite hero," and that's like his cool weapon. I'm like, all right, what does it do? And
0: like, it felt like that was. And they don't. So one of the reviews I read it in advance of this movie compared to Batman and Robin, which I don't think is completely unfair. And one of the ways that it reminded me of Batman and Robin was with this thunderbolt, which Mm -hmm. I could just. Strikes me as another accessory to give the Thor Love and Thunder action figure, um, just like the the silver yeah. costumes at the end of Batman lot, and Robin feels... were just another toy that Mattel could sell. Mm-hmm.
1: We're gonna have the Zeus Funko Pop. Um, yeah, the merchandising in this movie is is, oof, it's they they did not try to hide. Uh, Like, when the Queen, when the King of Asgard is, like, she's yeah. doing a literal Old Spice commercial. And they did do an advertising campaign with Old Spice. And I'm like, oh, this <laughs> is, like, I'm getting, like, it hit me like a dunk of Chino, Don't mind if I me. do. Don't mind if I do. And all of Asgard is, like, you know, like, oh, oh, no. They had to sell out and sell all these luxury cruises and theme park-esque rides to make do. We won't do that in real life. Disney's <laughs> Disney Sweden or Disney Norway isn't totally gonna fucking make a cruise destination stop in Asgard New Asgard, in resort, their new yeah. Asgard tourist um, village. No sir. So there's It's not like they literally made the Star yeah, Wars. That was, experience. That was no something else. That,
0: that. I think that was in front of Minions though, because I believe Jake was with us. Um
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, so the pro- like yeah. and the thunderbolt is just another one of those it's another one of like here have this new weapon uh, that we didn't hype up at all just look it's 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 Poochie. it's fucking it's yeah. the Poochie of
0: so <laughs> of in Thor's the third weapons. act they go to the shadow of janes um i'm well, not, we skipped i over, did that we skipped intentionally Greek Russell um from. Russell crow uh despite you know having is Doing something Greek. that I guess he considers to be accent. a Greek accent, um, despite, you know, having been in Gladiator, uh, which I guess is Rome, but still pretty.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, just,
0: just I, I don't even know what the fuck English accent he was trying I to promise. do. It didn't sound Grecian and I it's just him fucking doing guy. doing bad fucking improv Lord. for too long and it it the whole scene really yeah. serves almost no purpose you could have cut it with very little consequence to the film
1: i should i should insert here quickly cuz he yeah. talks about like the orgy is like the first, they like he's doing, like, I don't know, his live show. His it's fucking, yeah, it's like whatever. fucking Taika Waititi's sh- show that, stand he, up that everyone's come to see
0: about like his views on the Olympia.
1: Yeah, talk- <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like. I'm like, why are they all convening for this, anyways? Um, side note though, I want to interject here is that. They use they use the term shit a lot in this like weirdly like usually I you yeah. you know I'm not I'm not a fucking stickler for language but like for this this funny you know fa- like the the level of humor friendly movie for all ages sure you know and they swear i mean and even in other marvel movies yeah. they'll swear and do that but like it just felt
0: like the re- level of humor re- re- in this really i think it's because the level of humor one. in this was so juvenile that it felt like this was really marketed towards kids but they're talking about orgies and they're talking they're saying shit a lot which
1: about feeling shitty like yeah that, that it's like fucking records, like oh you're feeling shitty. when
0: he mentioned an yeah, orgy like my shitty. eyes kind of bugged out of my head because they were like a few they were like really small children behind us and i'm like Oh my God! Those poor parents are going to have to field the question, mm. "Daddy, what's an orgy?" on the way back from the theater. <laughs> Bet you they didn't count on that.
1: Yeah, like not since dead, not <laughs> since Deadpool have I seen the. the oh, the those parents had a, no idea what the fuck they were movie, in for. This misjudged.
0: Despite all the warnings of exactly what the fuck they were in for, uh, but I want to skip ahead to the. Oh, yeah. Deadpool I mean, they're not so even the same league. Like, I wanna, I wanna better. start, start um, getting towards the end here because yeah, nothing, not. nothing important happens in this movie at all. Yeah, let's, so let's we'll, just, up, we'll just, we'll just skip we to, the to the problem. end where, uh,
1: no, he, Thor checks in with the kids. He remember the kids are, in no, they, they have to make sure the kids are in no peril because he gets to check in on them with like little check ins so that they can have their child actors, you know, get to be in the movie with, yeah. with Chris Hemsworth. He's Thor. He's a big actor. It's like, yay! And they get to have their one big yeah. kid scene, uh, which we'll talk about in a so second. So they, they, they go
0: no to the Shadow Realm. They they make their way there.
1: Which is... Oh. All right, so first they, they knock into the planet. It's funny because it's a small planet, but also <sighs> Screaming Goats. We didn't mention the Screaming Goats. There are two goats. Remember that one, like, joke from, like... 2011 where like the goats screamed and that was kind of funny what if those i were have heard characters though that the, the screaming goats
0: movie? are technically in norse mythology um
1: i'm sure like because they're I mean, a real they thing and did. goats probably existed in the northlands so i'm yeah i'm sure they're in there but it's it's it is neon cat level humor have and they come in on the big so many bridge, times in this to the tiny planet it,
0: yeah it's bad but anyway they the valkyrie korg's face okay. and the uh, the thors yeah oh yeah he gets blown up but
1: his face stays Yeah on. So it was he can like keep talking. when he keep when talking,
0: he got hit by Zeus like he which he i'm sure talking. the reaction that he thought he was going to listen is like oh no korg my reaction was please be dead yeah so they they land on this planet they have a they have a confrontation with the god butcher and they have to peace out of there by summoning the bifrost which they he needed stormbreaker and i guess any any old motherfucker can wield stormbreaker and summon the bifrost with it
1: yeah and and you know and it's not like they don't immediately undercut it When Thor learns that he can – he doesn't even learn. He just knows that he could also teleport with the lightning bolt. In a very cool scene that just – he just pulls out of his ass. Like, I like how the lightning bolt teleportation works where he's, like, in the circle and he goes, I'm like, my first reaction is not, oh, that's a really cool thing that you can do. It's like, oh, so he didn't have to use the bifrost. Jeopardize everyone. And, and like, like, lose his key item. Yeah, because they knew that the Bifrost was the yeah. key that the bad guy could get the MacGuffin with. Um, and is the MacGuffin to end the all It's the Dragon MacGuffins? Balls. It's literally, get your wish. Y- you you your
0: summon wish. Shenron. Um, yeah. But anyway, so they go um, back to Earth, and the, the, whole, yeah, so they... the whole closest thing to drama in this movie is that uh, being Thor has sapped Jane's ability to fight her cancer. And... Uh, chris hemsworth doesn't want her to come with him to the final battle because if she picks up the hammer again she'll she'll most likely die and of course she ends up having to pick up the hammer again but not before thor god of thunder superhero slayer thanos um recruits an army of child soldiers <laughs>
1: wielding just just random shit. What I assume the director what I assume they did, they make they made the effects team cut out random styrofoam shapes. They had to take their time to cut to make these styrofoam play weapons out of random shape pieces. So that these kids could have a scene where Thor says yeah you he apparently he can just
0: grant people yeah. the power of thor and, and he supercharges you him. know uh, why he didn't do this in the first battle of new asgard i mean maybe it's a, a power of the lightning bolt but then again how does he know how to do this
1: he he just could pull that out of his ass again another thing yeah about the lightning bolt that might be cool if you introduced it right um but, yeah, no, the, the KOTOR fan and both of us cringed because, you know, battle meditation turned the tide of the galaxy uh, all by Yeah, itself. like, if he could have done Might that have shit nice the have. whole
0: time um, um, when Thanos attacked, when that army showed up, you thinking maybe that would have been the time to pull out that party trick?
1: Yeah, like, the fucking... Remember that whole portals fight? Like, I... like. There's no scene where he just goes to the Wakandans. And he's like, hey, Wakandans. <laughs> yeah, like, fucking. Superpowers.
0: <laughs> yeah, I to hope that's a lightning bolt thing, but then again, you maybe should have introduced that it could do that at some point. You had an opportunity to do so. But
1: predictably. Right. Yeah, it's a, no.
0: Yeah, the kids have a fight scene. scene. I think I'm convinced the whole reason they did it is so they could have the joke shot where the girl with her stuffed rabbit is shooting lasers out of the eyes of the stuffed rabbit. Um,
1: That seems very tight. But
0: predictably, Thor and Gore fight each other, and Natalie Portman has to come in and make the save, and the. They, Gore makes it to the the, alt, the center of the universe or wherever the fuck it is.
1: Which, which looks a little too much like Galactus. I was confused when I first saw it. I was like, this can't, yeah. can't be Galactus, right? Please don't make this. And mercifully, I don't Probably think he knew about Galactus. Um,
0: but he makes it there, and um, so rather than stopping the enfeebled gore from making his wish and wishing to cure jane's cancer or something sensical like that that would be in line with the character's motivations uh they tell him he's won, and he and thor's not gonna try to stop him because he wants to spend his last few minutes with jane uh even though he can literally cure her cancer any by just jetting out ahead of this man who was Prostrate and crawling on the ground. (laughs) Um.
1: Yeah. Uh, This is a solution in which everyone could have won. And even if Jane died before then, uh, as we see, that's not... Yeah. It really isn't a problem. Because what he says... I mean, he he gives Gore the fucking... he, He lets Gore be the... Usually it's stupid baby face, but this is a stupid Marvel villain right here where he's like, hey, hey, Gore, maybe like wish for your kid back instead of being all vengeance. And Gore looks over like he's never fucking thought of it before. I guess you could you could you could say that the necrosword was corrupting him in his mind. But still, that doesn't. Yeah, doesn't really satisfy. And if they
0: if they wanted to do that, they should have played uh, up more of the Necrosword's corruption, which they could have done if Gore was in the movie for any significant amount of time and wasn't just doing weird fucking dark comedy with children for (laughs) the time he had.
1: Oh, yeah. What the fuck was that scene where he's like, oh, I'm going to rip the snake's head off. Didn't
0: need to be there. Didn't make sense. Um, But anyway he wishes for his daughter back and he dies and Thor movie, raises yeah. the daughter as his own and they Thor's, do the hokey yeah. comedy and the movie mercifully ends. And after sitting through some credits, there's a scene where her uh, Zeus is briefing Hercules, who I believe is played by Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. Um, on, his mission to take down Thor. So if they make another Thor movie, I don't know how many movies Chris Hemsworth has left on his contract. Hopefully he can get out of here soon. Um but if they were making a four or five. Mm-hmm. He's probably gonna be the antagonist of that. Um just generally an awful movie. Um I can't I'm sure there are people who will enjoy it, but I see very little uh redeeming value in it.
1: Yeah. Good actors saddled with a, a bad, bad plot script, yeah. and hokey comedy that and doesn't land.
0: Poor direct really just poor direction on a technical level, which is not something I had on my Thor, Love and Thunder bingo card.
1: and it's obviously uh, such a stylized movie anything
0: there are a lot of criticisms you can level against taika watiti and you've seen me level several of them on this program or heard me i guess as it were but the criticism that he is a poor technical filmmaker is not one of them because i mean he's not exceptional but he's never done anything
1: well, he doesn't put himself in a situation yeah. where he has to direct these highly technical movies. Like think about his hit, his hits and like what we it was made. Dad, was like a it was
0: made well for the mockumentary style. Like it, you know, it it fit the aesthetic. Mm-hmm.
1: That's. I get the feeling that that's what he's comfortable with, and saddling him with the green screen monstrosity that is a mo- a modern Marvel movie. Um. I don't, I don't think maybe. He well to
0: um. It. But like Jojo Rabbit, there was nothing technically wrong with that. This is really the first one, where it was like, unforced errors, obvious unforced errors. Um, but you know that, yeah. Don't bother. Um, you've heard us us rant on it for long enough. Yeah, that's gonna gonna be a wrap on episode two thirty four of the Sidestones podcast. We'll be back next week, uh, maybe with the boys season three. That feels well, um hmm. I'll have to think because yeah, I will on. be it. Um, out the weekend. I should I mean that'd be fine to record Thursday. But
1: mm-hmm. we could also maybe. see Nope. Um that's also in
0: the We'll uh we'll figure it yeah. out. I'll see how many episodes of the boys there are and if I can Oh I can yeah yeah. The boys season three, I can fit uh, that in, six. no problem. Um So, until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's
1: 1995. Bye-bye now. Peace. Bye-bye.